0: Take a what? I don't know. What did you just say?
1: I didn't just
2: say anything.
0: No, that's not what I just heard. I heard uh, something about Mother's Day. You better watch know. it, Mr. because I just found out I had a very uh, unsatisfactory morning sitting here this morning. What's the matter now? With your new general manager, with this new regime. You know, you know what they always say about the don't wish for or something because it's true? The head of the czar. As bad as it was before, you may think, uh, you know, in other words, uh, be satisfied with what it is because at least you know what it is. Yeah, your protege that I talked to you about yesterday, your junior program director, he's uh, gone off the deep end. First, he uh, evidently booked the wrong uh, flight on the wrong day. So he showed up halfway to the basketball game yesterday because uh, his flight on Tuesday, uh, there was no flight because he had booked for yesterday.
3: He was at the game. I saw him on television.
0: Halfway through the game, he showed up or an hour into it.
3: No, he was there for the game. Well, I'm getting bad information
0: on. Yes, you well, are. We, regardless of that. Whatever. He's the uh, new sensor now. He's the Beasley sensor board. And so the stuff—it's it, not bad enough that we had our hands tied behind our back before. Before the new regime came in, now we also have an apple in our mouth. So you know, you got your hands tied behind your back. You have an apple. Happy 30th anniversary, Neil. And by the way, f you, bah. There you go. Bah. Like that. These guys are a joke. I thought you'd make it to 35, I said today. What? Not not with this crowd. Not with these people who got running this place now. Paper Tiger. Do you know what that term means? Paper Tiger. Yep. That's what we got. At any rate, want to correct something, the Herald wrote a, a correction because they would like to get it right once in a while anyway. I, uh, yeah, I was to told you? today I'm not allowed to criticize the Herald anymore.
3: Guess what? Screw them. I will not pay attention oh, who to Who told that you one. that? This is where they try to dump me because I said something about their ridiculous sports section.
0: See, that's part of what I'm telling you about. I know. I mean, if they it, listen, I, I'm at the point now after 30 years, I might just play music every day. If, if that's what they want, if that's their idea of what this station wants to be. So okay, I can play afraid. all sports we're, songs. We're the cowardly station. We're afraid of our own shadow, okay? If that's the idea of what Joe Bell thinks of QAM, then, then we got some real problems, baby. I'll play uh, all sports songs. Yeah, there you go. Play all the uh, marches, all marches, all the marches. Yeah. I'll start with yours, Michigan
4: State. Yeah,
0: good old MSU on the banks of the Red Cedar. Yeah. Oh yeah. Had some great lyrics for those songs in the old days, but we sure aren't going to use them now. Now yeah. we're afraid of our own shadow. We want the public to know. It, okay, we are scared. Ooh. And, of course, we have to pay the price for other people's mistakes, you know, for the Farrell incident and the Stern incident and all this stuff. So you and I and the other people on this station, now, we have to pay the price for that. Don't knock the Herald? I mean, this, this, that conversation has gone back a zillion years now. I mean, anything that's institutional, it's got like a monopoly, like a Florida plunder and loot and the Herald, uh, that's fair game. and always well, has been. Advertisers, they don't oh, want so us to... I beg your pardon? They're advertising. doesn't make any difference. They're still a monopoly. They're an institution. Oh, well, I know what they are. Yeah. Oh, I do, <laughs> I do too, believe me. Although, at least they gave me an article there. Thanks again, Kevin Baxter. It's more than your buddies at the Sun-Sentinel did. Anyway, the Herald corrects a story on radio personality. Neil Rogers in Monday's Tropical Life section reported that Magic 102.7 DJ Rick Shaw is the only person who's been on South Florida Radio longer than Rogers 30 years. Magic 102.7 DJ Ron St. John with 34 years also has been in the market longer. That's in their correction page. Huh. Ron, Ron St. John.
3: Ron must have given him a call.
0: Yeah, evidently, because I'm sure nobody else did. 34 years of anonymity, Ron. But uh, congratulations on sticking it out. Anybody can stay in the market for 30 days the way things are going now. This place, is, this place is out of control. OOC, out of control. Congratulations on your 30th anniversary. And by the way, bada-bing, and you get the Italian salute. You get the old foot right up the old... shoot. Oh, I don't think we can say that no more either. Shoot. Oh, shoot. <laughs> well, your vice president can say it. I can't we? <laughs> that I dick.
3: How about uh, now the story comes out that uh, Bush was told about what was going to happen with Katrina and advance. Yeah, I got
0: that. I got that. This I'm on like top of it. I'm modern day it. Nero. I'm all over, it. I'm all over it like Stink on Joe. San Antonio under serious consideration for your Florida Marlins. Now, that would be really bad. I don't want that to see is, that release, is so much like, bull. Listen to me. I don't want them going anywhere because, like, today we got that game at 1250, the exhibitionist opener. Well, maybe we can carry the
3: San Antonio Marlins.
0: Anything that will – no, but that's not good because that's in a different time zone. That's in the central zone, so that would never work for me. They'll be in San
3: Antonio when you move back to Miami.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) They'll be in San Antonio when our new management grows up here, which I'm not waiting for that. Did you notice something about that story? What's the headline
3: about the San Antonio thing? The headline... Well, the headline
0: says, I got it in my head right now, San Antonio under serious consideration with quote marks around the serious yeah, consideration. Well, read what the it says the quote is
3: from the Major League Baseball president, Bob DuPay, and then find out where the
0: serious consideration line comes from. Asked if it would emerge as the frontrunner, he said, I wouldn't go that far, and all I would say now, it seems to be the temporal focus. It's too early to have a frontrunner. Now, I think the most... the the important part here is, first of all, the mayor of San Antonio, Phil, Phil Hardberger, didn't respond to a request for comment. Number one, and number two, San Antonio hasn't presented a stadium financing plan to the Marlins. In other words, they're just they're just talking like, hey, that would be nice. Uh, they got nothing on. And, the and by the way,
3: baseball doesn't want to go there. The market's not big enough. Well, you
0: know, it's uh, how about going to Cheyawa?ga would be good. as yeah. opposed to Buffalo. I mean, about, there's no how team. How about
3: Buffalo? There's no team in Buffalo.
0: Yeah, and for good reason. The market isn't big enough there either. Yeah. It's a miracle they still support the Bills. That's Sabres franchise. And like it, I've been it, saying, they, all and by the way, they have a good team this, this year. This the, by season, the way, otherwise, that franchise would be considered for uh
3: and, and by the way, this is written by the same idiot who's been writing about Las Vegas. Now, you're well, not, not you're not knocking very jackass, are you? And guess what? Yeah. As long as Seelig is the commissioner, as I've been will be saying no Vegas. all along, there will be no Las Vegas for Major League Baseball. Okay? Correct.
0: Yeah. So why does this paper continue to write? Are you knocking the Herald again? Uh Oh, I smell a suspension coming. Can I pick when I get it? Are you telling me that your people in there, that they dumped you this morning? Yeah, well, they're under orders.
3: Under orders from whom? That's a good question. Who do you think? Yeah, I, I don't know, from Clarence? Mr. Lewis and Clark. Who the hell is that? You know, the great explorer going through the country with the wrong plane ticket. Oh, so that
0: part of the story is true.
3: I don't know anything except that I saw him at the game. He was
0: there.
3: Yeah, he he was sitting in the front row and. uh... I didn't listen to the game. I was watching on television. But I saw well, I'm glad, that.
0: I'm glad to see after his 30 months of experience in the business that he's got better judgment to decide what can be on the air and what's not after my 30 years. It just. I mean, you talk about having disrespect for the talent. This, this station, I mean, at least when Greg was there, we knew all of his foibles and all of his problems. He used to play the cat and mouse game and go into hiding and not return phone calls. And, you know, something, in retrospect, maybe that was just as good. That maybe that was all for the better. But what we got now is just, like, all the good glad-handing and happy talk, and, hey, everything's really great, and then just bada-bing, and you can feel in your back. You feel the, uh, oh, man, the blood is just spurting out of there. It's like that South Park episode where the Virgin Mary was bleeding out of her uh, backside. But nevertheless. So I guess the San Antonio, so I can put that in the bottom of my pile, huh? So you've got a good day today, a short one, huh? Yeah, Oh, that, that's the only thing good about it. Boy, I'll tell you one thing, if I wasn't going out to Woodbine after the show to be before, I sure as hell am now. <laughs> oh, you know you know the feeling? Mandich has the life. Have the need to go out there and plunge your guts out. Mandich gets the
3: hockey baseball sandwich
0: today. Yeah. <laughs> well, just like he said yesterday, uh, he's <laughs> I taught him well. I taught both you guys well. Yep. Well, that, that part of it is fine, but the other part of it is not uh, not too good. What I'm seeing on the horizon now, this new uh, this new regime, man. I thought we had something good going on. It looks like, oh boy, you ain't seen nothing yet. You thought you had service before. Just wait. You see, I mean, the fact that your uh, Mo don't, 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 Mo don't, 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 is hey. gone and the water Nazis on the way. Now, now that may be all well and good, you know, but how does that really affect your life or my life or your show or my show? Does that really affect us or impact us in any way, shape, or form? I don't think so. No. No, I don't think so. It doesn't affect my life.
3: No. Mo never affected my life.
0: No, I think uh, music sounds good. I know, you know, Although people think I got a bad taste in music because you know, I'm an old fart, but I think I got a pretty good taste in music. I think a music show sounds pretty good because nothing in my contract says it's got to be a talk show. It's the Neil Rogers show, which is basically whatever I decide it is.
3: I don't think mine says talk show either, so I no. can play marches.
0: Sports marches, I think, is good. <laughs> huh? How about that Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, whatever that thing is? I don't know how that goes. I'm trying to forget it. Boy, do I hate Notre Dame! The Notre Dame
3: song? Yeah. Cope, sing the Notre Dame song for Neil.
5: <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I need a little, just a little, little starter. <laughs> okay, that one's pretty grabbed.
0: well known. Yeah, I know, but I just, I block it out because I hate... USC has another one. In spite good. of, uh, uh, what's his name, Brady Quinn. Oh, I there's Michigan. I, I, yeah, Michigan we know. Me- Southern Cal is Me- another one. Michigan is called Hail to the Victims.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, Southern Cal is Hail to the Victor's Valiant. Is it really?
0: I never knew that. I'm not too much, I guess that's your area of expertise. I'm not into all that rah-rah, uh, yeah, well,
3: I, I went to high school with the band director from Southern Cal.
0: Oh, Really? He's in my high school hall of fame, but I'm not. I had I had faxes yesterday on that anniversary show from people that, like a, Marty was the one name. I don't I don't remember who that was. I went to school in Rochester with him, and um, we went to summer camp, Bello Snyder summer camp together in the Adirondacks on Fourth Lake. Boy, that was a beautiful place in the summertime, man. It was incredible up in the Adirondacks. You ever been up there?
3: Yeah.
0: That's nice. Yep. In the summer, in the wintertime, it's like the end of the world there like Watertown, commonplace. They get I've been like to Watertown. 40, I went to 40, camp there. In the time. they get 40-foot drifts of snow. Now, stop and think about 40 feet, okay, about how tall that is. That's taller than Tree Crawford, for Christ's sake. A little bit. I shouldn't have said, for Christ's sake, sorry, Joyce and Clarence. i got to pass that by. Th- I guess now what we're going to do is we're going to have a committee. And if you're thinking about discussing the Herald or Florida Plunder and Lute or saying uh, Jesus or what, we have to pass it by the committee first, now that we have this new regime now. I knew that the Gestapo had taken over the federal government. I didn't realize they had also taken over this radio station. That's a good way to muzzle me, I'll tell you that. That sounds really good. I went to Watertown in the summer. Yeah, I've never been there. Never oh, been I used to go there for two weeks for my yeah. uh,
3: my military duty. Yeah. Fort Drum. Camp Drum.
0: Not Fort Drum. Fort Drum is in Florida. No, Camp Drum is in Watertown, New York. Well, Camp Drum, uh, in Watertown. Yeah. Fort was, Drum is in Florida. That was it's where... By the, uh, Oak, Oak, uh, what is that? There might be two of them. The, o- the Oka-Humka Turnpike Plaza. I think I think that's what it really is, isn't it? The Oka-Humka Plaza. <laughs> Can't say that. Oh, uh... <laughs> oh, sorry. Like I was going to say, the oka Turnpike Plaza. How's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah I got that. Yeah, I can put that in everything now. Hey, happy to you folks. Yeah, this is this is the one. That, this is I would say, and you know, this is the nature of this business. I'm not I'm not saying this to be funny or dramatic. On the day after that 30th anniversary, well, yesterday was kind of fun. It was uh, had a lot of nice facts and some good calls. And today is the most demoralizing day I think I've had in years, maybe ever in this business. It's like you talk about getting shot down. It's just it's just ridiculous, and it's all over a bit that isn't even. It's not even within a hundred miles of that line. You know that line that we can't cross, that imaginary line, because we're going to get fined. It's that line. It's not even close to that line. But then again, what would I know about it? I've been doing this for like a 100 years. I mean, you know, when you've got them even like Clarence and the Beasleys, uh, they're the ones who are going to decide. Now, seriously, this, this new guy, he just, yeah, you know, I, I take back what I said about Kevin Baxter. Remember I said that first line in the article was over the top about I hate the management? Yeah. I, 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 and I, I said, well, that's not right. That was the previous management. No, no, he's right. When you work for other people, it's all—it's always the same. It's, the faces change. The the, uh, the method changes. You know, the glad hand. Oh, you're so great. But in the, in the bottom line is they still stick it to you every chance they get. I'm going to win that damn lotto. It's up to $9 million for Saturday. I'm going to win the lotto and just get out of this. Just tell these people to screw off. Look at this. Here's a fact from a Michigan State alum wishing me happy uh anniversary. not that incredible? From an M- MSU alum. Says he listens on the internet. So I wonder where this person is. Where's the 205 area code? Does anybody know? 205? Never heard of it. He says he used two words that have always been curious as to their definition. I've tried looking <laughs> looking them up in the dictionary and never been able to find them. They're pronounced farbissina Well, that's a Yiddish word. You'll find that in the Yiddish dictionary. It means fanatical. farbissen, as in Farbisson like a fundamentalist. And sycophant. Alabama. Oh, 204. He's in Alabama. Well, no wonder he doesn't know his Yiddish. (laughs) And sycophant. uh, Well, sycophant, he's just not spelling it right. Sycophant means a suck up, you know. An ass kisser.
4: Oh, like I said, a
0: kisser. Excuse me. Sorry. Sorry. It's okay. It says, can you enlighten me and all your other dumbass? I mean, your dumb listeners. So there you go. Thanks a lot for my buddy in Alabama, a Michigan stater.
3: Well, I'm going out to
0: the ball game today. Good. You'll have a good time there.
3: Love spring training games.
0: Excellent. Yeah, there's no pressure. It's like a nice, relaxed atmosphere. Yep. And maybe they even have good food there at that. uh, Fort Lauderdale
3: uh, Stadium. It's not bad.
0: Is it really? Yeah. I bet it's better than, oh, I shouldn't start talking about the food at the Macarena. I'll get suspended for that. Although, I would like to remind, I don't do suspensions. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, that, that's your last that's, that's true. I, I've made that very clear to these people. I don't do suspensions. It's just, uh, that's baby crap. You know, I don't do that. If they want to play hardball with me, then uh, fine. I'll see them with uh, Ellis Rubin.
3: Uh, he sure did a hell of a job for like, the uh, Lionel
0: Tate, didn't he? Hi, huh, yeah. <laughs> if you thought Ronnie Zamora was in good shape, wait till you see Lionel Tate. Well, Ellis is under a lot of pressure, you know.
3: Well, apparently, uh, he got, he's going to get 10 to 30 years, right? Yeah.
0: Well, his attorney was Ellis Rubin. It's better than the alternative. Ronnie Zamora got 26. When I first came to town, that was the big case, the Ronnie Zamora yeah, case. Yeah, Ellis defended him with a t- television intoxication case, got nationwide publicity, and got Ronnie 26 years in a slammer, <laughs> which he just got out. Did they give him a television I think that fellow would be a little too intoxicating, just every now and then a bottle of cheap wine, a bottle of grandma Boone.
3: I Meanwhile, he was in the slam that he get to watch That's a show. what I'm talking about. Yeah. They
0: didn't want to be overly intoxicated. A little bit was okay, but TV was just too intoxicating. Well, listen, have a great day. I'm going out to Woodbine and plunging my guts out. I might just play five dollars today instead of that lousy dollar stuff. I might just go crazy. I'm going to go watch a few winnings, so you have good luck. Yeah. There you go, and you too. Okay, have a good day. You're not betting on this game now, are you? No, I don't bet
3: exhibition baseball. You know who used to bet exhibition baseball? You already told me this. Yeah, okay, never mind. See ya. Bye.
2: than an unchecked the with a suitcase by.
5: When those bombs explode, oh, Dubai, we will make you die. Yeah, thank heaven for 9-11, for
2: we now control most of our lives. Cash or terror, we will give it to the Muslims who hate women but
5: bless their weary we'll change your mind and it won't be hard you buy the height of the old race car stay tuned to corporate news cause we own that too for Dubai we will make you die. I'm dying out of
0: here. 1016, yeah, I can echo that sentiment, believe you me. So that's quite a fly opener there when Hank's telling us about uh, we're not supposed to knock the Herald either. Really? I never got that memo. And then we'll probably be getting a memo about Florida plunder and loot. Well, they also advertise on the radio station, you know. So I guess right. if you want, if you want to be exempt from any kind of criticism or the wrath of the public by way of us... Just buy a couple of spots, and then forever you will be uh, protected. Well, Look, if you this, recall. This place, no, seriously, this place is caving in like a um, like an earthquake. Like a sinkhole? Uh, like, like a yeah. stinkhole. That's exactly right. Can we say that? Like a stinkhole. And it's a sad, sad day for me. It goes to show you, you know, the euphoria of yesterday, and then we turn it around, and here we are today.
1: This is Neil Rogers. This is 560-Q-A-N.
2: Bert. It's Pakistan Pig! Abdul, uh,
4: whatever you do, don't uh, eat me, Abdul. I'm, I'm, do, I am mean, uh, disgusting, disgusting, oh, I'm unclean.
2: Dum Dum d- you, you, you made the Muslims upset. And now
5: they're killing each other.
2: And blaming it on the way Dumb dumb the the
0: 1021 at Spineless Radio WQAM. All bad news from Iraq again. We got good news though. We got two thousand dollars yesterday in our uh, best of on that 3 D C CD. Two grand right off the uh, right from the get go. Of course that was on the anniversary show day, so you know it was obviously going to be a big euphoric response, right? Right. But that's a good try. and That doesn't even include what we got on our website, which we're going to be getting those tabulations like what once every year. Right, exactly. Once every five years. So that's a good start. I think we have a van hit coming today as soon as they figure out where it's going to be. I'll let you know. They're got exploring a, a uh, location. Where it's going to be? They're exploring a location They're somewhere exploring. Right in Fort Lauderdale. they Lionel. got uh, Magellan and Christopher Columbus. Yeah, that's uh, Christopher Columbus. Ball- Marlins Palozo. on deck at 1250 today, and then the Marlins and the Orioles in Fort Lauderdale. The Humper's going to be there. 1:05 is game time, so we get out of here at 12:50. And boy, if ever there was a day when I wanted out of here early, this is the day. Believe, good timing on that, I guess. If there was one good thing about today, it's the ball game. Ow! Yeah. Mad Dog follows the ball game till 6:30. Then we got more sports. Boy, we got sports up the old uh, shoot today. Panthers preview at 6:30. And the Panthers, fresh off their eight-two win in Tampa the other night, they got the Montreal Canadiens tonight, seven o'clock. Followed by the ADK Show. That's our award-winning lineup. So we don't have to worry about that two-to-four slot today because. Uh, we got a ball game in there, right? Right. A series of bombings, here's that bad news briefly. I'll try to like minimize it because we don't want to get you depressed. Misery does love company though. A series of bombings and attacks left at least twenty one people dead and more than a dozen others wounded in Iraq today. Government attacked a checkpoint north of Baghdad, killing ten Iraqi security forces, six Iraqi soldiers and four police. This is the insurgency that's waning, according to a uh, Dead Eye the Vice President. The insurgency is waning. So these must these must not be insurgents. They must be other evildoers who are doing all this stuff, killing and stuff. That's right. Bad people. Here's the poll result from our anniversary show yesterday. What best describes Neil's thirty years on a year in Miami. About thirty man. Two thousand and three votes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Six hundred and thirty. That's quite a feather in that guy's cap that called it in a couple days ago. Remember that? Where we had left yes, that I off? Do. He called in, he said, How about Unbelievable? I agree. It's number I voted one. For it. Entertaining, 605. A Real Mitzvah, 121. The Pulse of Florida, 112. Fun, 112. Informative, 86. A Miracle, 77. You know, I think even Tim Williams over at the old Zeta days, you know, the Sonny boy whose, whose mother-in-law owned the radio station, even he wasn't as repressive and restrictive as the current regime. He, even he didn't, wasn't that paranoid and, and terrified of his own shadow. We got to have a big billboard campaign. QAM. We're scared. <laughs> and we are, man. Be we afraid. are petrified. We are terrified. We're shaking and quaking in our boots. A miracle, 77. Oh, you can say that again. It's a miracle. Provocative, 73. Ponderous enough already, 71. I think they may have a point. Enlightening, 43. Stale, 34. So we just went over between those two. That's 5.1%. That's bad. Scintillating twenty-three, lucky eleven, and aggravating only five. Well, it's aggravating on this end. I'll tell you that—not necessarily because of the show, but it sure as hell is aggravating, especially these days. Good golly! See, you know something? There's nothing. There is nothing in the world I despise worse than a phony. You know, somebody comes up to you. And in fact, Greg used to do this with you all the time, and you knew he hated you like poison. The feeling mm-hmm. became mutual, obviously, and used to pull that all the time. And come in, you guys would be mm-hmm. doing the, uh, the drug brothers grip and the fisting and the uh, shaking right. and this. Uh, you know.
6: The
3: Mason secret
0: handshake. Exactly, a little, uh, little finger there on the, the ear, uh, palm of the hand, jumping up in the air, the chest, right? Chest, that's bash. it. Doing a high five, jumping that's five right.
6: feet, and and you you know you hated
0: each other like poison. Yeah. I quite, can't stand quite fake results, You know, don't glad hand me and come with a big smile. Hey, you're great, you're fantastic, whatever you guys are, and then just keep stabbing me and stabbing me and uh, going back. You know, I, I just can't deal with that. So just uh, stay away. That's my best suggestion for these people. If they want the show to continue, stay the hell away. I'll show up every day and do the best I can under your very limited circumstances. That's all I can do, because you people are depressing. I'm going to play you depress me in honor of the new management. Who should be the Democratic Party's presidential... And by the way, this isn't just shtick today, okay, Joe? This is not shtick. This is uh, from the heart. Who should be the Democratic Party's presidential candidate in 2008? 746 votes. Howard Dean, 146. How do you like that? Does it make you feel a little bit better? It does. It makes no difference, 139. Now, I'm not sure those might be Republicans saying that or people who think uh, they ain't got no chance or that all is lost. It's kind of like the QM mentality, you know, all is lost. Hillary Clinton, 133. Al Gore, 70. Barack Obama, 59. Wesley Clark, 45. He can start exploring all the delis in South Florida again. Joe Biden, 38. John Edwards, 37. Wait till we get near the bottom. It's really revealing. I don't care 31, I hate this poll 24, John Kerry only 14, and the outgoing governor of Virginia, Mark Warner 10. John Kerry is like right near the bottom. How do you like that? I mean, Al Gore is, you know, he's got a respectable 71 votes, but John Kerry is way down there near the bottom. Isn't that very revealing? Even though he yes, almost won a damn li- and probably mm-hmm. did win the last election, but nevertheless, probably. they still don't want a, rapping, rapping, rapping. a waffler in there. They want somebody who was against the war from the beginning, who tells it like it is, told it like it was right from the beginning, doesn't like go all over the place, and doesn't make apologies and yada yada, and uh, you know really kicks ass. And that's Howard Dean. That's who got my vote. Howard Dean's the man, baby. I realize it's only like uh, early 2006, but it's never too early to be, uh, you know, starting to plan against fascism. Just like here at QAM, we better start having some secret meetings pretty soon.
1: This is Neil Rogers. (laughs) This is 560
2: QAM. The tale of two rock and rollers past their prime.
4: What's happening? Straight out of Detroit, Rock City, this is Kid Rock. What's up? I'm Scott Stapp. And the secret no one knew. I don't spend a lot of money on videos. I don't think a lot of people realize that. Is it true love? Or something more. Higher. Right here. I think you turn the cameras on and You put you put the thought into the video and not the money.
2: They call each other pen names.
4: Long Mama. Cheap ass. Dig it.
2: And no one understands
1: what these two share. That's where my stage sets are and that's where my videos are. Sometimes
2: the simplest things matter most. Play one of my songs. I just don't
4: think that's necessary.
2: Grammy winning singers Kid Rock and Scott Stepp. Starring broke
4: Back Rockstar. Okay. Well, it's good to be the cat.
0: 1031. Well, I can see there's a couple others that are in there. I'm not going to be playing either uh, nowadays. If you thought we were censored and uh, muzzled before, you ain't seen nothing yet. Just uh, trust me when I tell you. They haven't got a clue. More bad news from over there in that part of the world. Why don't you ever read any of the good news? There isn't any. A suicide attacker rammed a car packed with explosives into a vehicle carrying an American diplomat in Pakistan's largest city, Karachi, killing four people, including the diplomat, ahead of President Bush's visit to Pakistan. How do you like that?
5: Oh, my God. Bush
0: condemned the attack near the U.S. consulate in a luxury hotel in Karachi and said the terrorists and killers would not prevent him from going to Pakistan on the final leg of his tour of South Asia. He's on his last legs, kind of like us. We've lost at least one U.S. citizen in the bombing, a foreign service officer, and I sent our country's deepest condolences to that person's loved ones and family. Your president said at a news conference in neighboring India. I wonder if they were feeding him curry in India. Mm. Boy, I'll explain it. You thought this president stunk before? Unbelievable. Oh, and it, oh, that thing about Clinton that just uh, flipped on there. Wait till we get to that story yeah. about him. He's not what you thought he was either. <clears throat> what? Nothing, it's just all lot, depressing, look, you know. Things in life, What have, I've told you this for years, things in life are very very rarely what they appear to be on the surface. When you scratch and dig a little bit, not all that deep necessarily, just a little bit, like about a tenth of an inch, and you find, uh-oh, look at that. There's a festering rot there, and I can smell it. Anyway, we've got some facts left over from yesterday. I'll intersperse those because I don't want to like keep dwelling on that. We've only got to like uh, 1250. And I'm going to race out of here at 12.50. Don't anybody waste your time calling here at 12.50 or bothering me because I'll be long gone, man. I'll be dressed and out the dough. Here's a, a fact from Dr. Ron Hallandale. said yesterday, I just wanted to congratulate you on 30 years of wonderful entertainment. You tell it like it is, and that's been very important for many people. Obviously not for the current management, though. They're not interested in telling it like it is. They just want to tell it like the Beasleys want us to tell it, okay? They're going to put the words in our mouth, just like that thing with Howard Beal and Network, you know? of Mr. Jensen. He put the words in the mouth and Howard Beer went on the air and pop pop bop, and did that. I'm a psychologist, says Dr. Ron, with a practice in the holiday? I'll offer me for my depressed patients to your show. It seems to help them. <laughs> oh, yeah. This definitely is a show for crazy people. Oh, I'm sorry, Dr. Ron. I don't want to use that word, crazy. For disturbed people. I've been listening since 88. At that time, you were attacking the early birds. You got my attention then and still do now. Best of luck in all that you do. I hope you decide to stay on the air after your contract with WQAM runs out. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! This guy, you got it. You don't need my show, Dr. Ron. you got the mm-hmm. uh, gift of uh, humor, man. You are a real comedian. Isn't that funny? That's pretty funny. He hopes I stay on here till after my contract with this joint runs out. Like in about five minutes. Let's see. Here's Mike in Melbourne for the poll. Sam Nunn. Oh, get out of here, Sam Nunn, the uh, right-winger in drag. Are you kidding me? Democrat, my ass. He could carry some southern states. He has the foreign policy credentials. He's a moderate. Moderate, my ass, Mike. And he's been out of the Senate for almost 10 years, so the current stench of corporate shouldn't taint him, but he looks like a goof. He is a goof, Sam Nunn. My God, he wouldn't get none votes from anybody to the left of Attila the Hun, Sam Nunn. Get out of here, Mike. Go peddle his ass someplace else. Brother, how about Clarence for president? At least we will get him out of this place anyway. I think he's just as qualified to be president as to be PD, wouldn't you say?
1: I'm What's sorry, that? I don't want to Yeah, you in the Well, spot. whatever. It so, happen. who made up that
0: story about how he got there in the middle of the game or an hour late into the game? Well, you're the one that made up in the middle of the game. We told you late. Late the game. I was to the told game. he showed exact words no. an hour into the game. No. Yes. I was here when uh, you got the story. That's not what was said. Okay, what was said? Half hour, I think. Yeah, okay, so in other words, when the game had already started. Right, late. Well, what difference does it make if it's a half hour, an hour? You know, if you're going to broadcast it, he was, he was actually there
3: and... 40 minutes before the game. Yeah. Uh, before the pregame.
0: Yeah. But uh, the whole ticket thing is, is factual. Well, so the rest of it is is bogus. Yes, it is. Oh, my God. How do I get that check back? Hey, buddy, well, I di- it'll bounce. I didn't it's break the story. It's already on a, a way between Toronto and uh, Miami. How do I get that thing? How do I pull it back? I just let it go, man. <laughs> oh, no, I don't think so. I better get. Excuse me, I got to go call my bank now. I got a check I got to stop payment on. No, you're all right. You're just under a lot of pressure, like all the rest of us now. See, I told you, George. You, see, you will never listen to me. You never ever listen to me. Remember, I was telling you Sorry. yesterday, the one frustration in my life is nobody ever listens. I try, I try to do my best, tell people. I warned you. I told
6: you. Oh no, this guy loves me, and blah, blah blah blah, and we're gonna be great, man, and
0: all this other crap, you know. You know, if I wanted to take the time, which I don't because we've got a short show today, I could go down point by point everything in these last couple of months since the new regime came in, and every single one of them has turned out to be, uh, how do I say it delicately, you know? Bogus. Like, uh, not, huh? Bogus. That's a good word, bogus. Bogus. Like, nobody's going to mess with Josh or George. And then the next thing I find out, like, two minutes later, is uh, Josh is going over to Power 96, and if he wants to work for free, he can do your show. And the and the agony of this whole deal continues going on, because this one says this, and corporate says that, and ba-da-beep, and it gets... Uh... Yes,
6: no. Yes,
0: no. Yes, no. Yeah. It's... Uh... Uh-huh. No. Yeah, like that. Back and forth, and ba beep ba boop ba-da-bop. The internal insanity continues. And then, of course, this thing with Clarence all of a sudden being... He is all the ultimate censor of the world. Not bad enough, we had Joyce on our ass, who's eminently unqualified, who's gone way beyond the uh, boundaries of FCC regulation. But now we also, on top of that, now we have an additional layer of censorship. Now we got Josh Darrow, who wouldn't know, he wouldn't understand radio regulations, FCC rules, if, if you hit him on the head with a baseball bat. <coughs> Couldn't hurt, but I mean, nevertheless, because where there's no sense, there's no feeling. And in a way, I feel sorry for him because he's had this enormous amount of pressure and responsibility put on him, although I don't feel sorry after that call on Monday, you know. Well, you said this, and somebody was in the studio. I, yeah. I'm real good at that scene long distance, you know. I can see right from here, right in that studio
1: now. Mm hmm. Laser beams.
0: So, like I told you, so far, things have not, uh, not been really hunky dory from where we all sit. It's, uh, looking pretty, pretty grim. Although I do like that good decision on that two to four slot. Video shows Bush heard dire warnings ahead of Katrina. And See, and, and you know, I don't want to. I will because it's anniversary time. I can, I can, I can milk that through the end of the week, through tomorrow. Sure. But you would think that the very least, when all you ask is just pay me on time and leave me alone, that that's it. Nothing, nothing else. Don't give me like a bunch, set up a bunch of balloons. You know, it's interesting. They had the Greg Reed going away a card. I didn't notice that anybody FedExed a nice uh, happy 30th anniversary card. Not that I would have expected it or it was necessary, but that would have been a nice gesture, wouldn't it? Sure. Have everybody in the building sign, hey, because at least I'm still on the staff. I'm still on the air last time I checked, at least as of this moment. That didn't get done. But at the, at the very least, just leave me alone. Don't kiss my ass. Don't tell me how wonderful I am, how great my numbers are. I, I know I can read the numbers, okay? I've been doing this a long time. Just leave me alone and pay me on payday. That's it. That's it. Do whatever else you want, before the show, after the show, uh, after midnight, whatever. I, I don't care. I'm not interested. And they still can't do that. Because we've got a junior program director now who's going, to, he's going to take control. of. It. And just like you were saying before the show today, everywhere I've ever been, mm-hmm. that's their goal. They're, 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 get the big ratings, bring in a lot of money. But, oh, we're going to control that Neil Rogers. We're going to get control of that show. We're going to control what? What is there to control? Oh, we're yeah. picking ass. You've got some other problems in other day parts. Deal with those problems, Okay. We're going to get a hold of him, and we're going to control him. And I you know, keep getting these idiotic calls from a junior program director, a little overgrown sports nerd child. And he, and, and how many times, see, this is the problem. You've got a general manager who's making decisions based on knowing nothing about the uh, the history of what's going on here. Nothing. How many times, at least a half a dozen, he's coming in, oh, well, you shouldn't be playing that, and we listened to it together. And again, you know, I pointed out to him that he's way out of, out of line, way over the line. If it's up to Clarence Zero, we won't be playing any bits anymore much less the ones that people really want to hear. We won't be playing nothing. There'll be no more humor. There'll be no more entertainment because that, that's the direction we're going in. I mean, way over the top. Hysteria. Panic sets in. Because when you don't know what you're doing, that's when people get really panicky. Clarence. Video shows. Bush heard dire warnings ahead of Katrina. Talk about that after the break. I don't know if I'm even going to waste my time taking any calls today because we've got a very short show. I have a huge pile i got a couple of more faxes I want to read from yesterday. And then again, after that, I'm going to like kill myself.
1: This is Neil Rogers. This is 562
4: AM. Station stands for nothing. Absolutely. This
1: is the CBS Evening News. Good evening. I'm Dan Rather on special assignment for CBS Evening News. Thanks to the Bush administration's bungling of this trumped-up war in the Middle East, Muslim violence exploded again today in protest of the cartoon depicting the Prophet Muhammad here in the once tranquil tomb Town.
5: you that it, crap.
1: Blame for the violence rests squarely on... Hamas Barbera. And in Pakistan, authorities report three protesters were injured today when anvils fell on their heads. The situation was compounded by the news from Tehran that Iran was producing its own Adam Ant. Reporting live from Toontown, I'm Dan Rather, CBS TV News. Now back to you. That's
5: Allah, yeah, yeah, folks. That's Allah,
0: folks, 1044 at QAM. The van is at the Circle K on Oriole Boulevard and Commercial. I never heard of Oriole Boulevard in my life. Oh, me either, but it's there. West of Powerline Road, and we'll be there till 1250. It's at the Circle K, so just kind of circle the block and stop on in and Get your uh, about 30... About 30, man. ...CD and T-shirt, 20 bucks. The proceeds go to Abandoned Pet Rescue. Mm-hmm. And uh, Oriole Boulevard and Commercial. I just... Uh, no idea. <laughs> huh? No idea, but there's, you know there's lots of good stuff on that CD that they'll never hear on the air. I just wanted to point out. I got news for you. Uh, If if we'd have known yesterday what we know today, or whenever we picked, whoever picked out these bits on the CD, we could add like a a quadruple uh, disc set because you ain't going to hear much of anything anymore the way this place is going. Anyway, I'm just going to keep plodding along. We only got a couple hours, and then thank God I'll just run out the door and pretend I never came in today. You talk about getting off on the wrong foot with people. This is uh, getting off on the wrong foot with a club foot, you know? Mm hmm.
4: Oh my God! You guys are just great
0: here. <laughs> anything I can do? Yeah. Uh huh. And then again, fine. 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 it's like you it's like broadcasting with Dick Cheney, man. Every time you look around, you're shot in the face again. By the way, Oriole is uh is the road that takes you to Lockhart Stadium off of corner. Oh, I see. So that's kind of like an anticipation of today's exhibitionist baseball game. Excellent, good idea. Like I said, all the people going to the ball game stop by and pick up your uh, merchandise, please. Help out all those abandoned puppies and the cats. Eh. In dramatic and sometimes agonizing terms, federal disaster officials warned President Bush and his Homeland Security Chief before Hurricane Katrina struck that the storm could breach levees, risk lives in New Orleans Superdome, and overwhelm rescuers, according to confidential video footage of the briefings. This is just another gigantic black mark on this idiot's uh, resume. Bush didn't ask a single question during the final government-wide briefing the day before Katrina struck on August 29th, but assured soon-to-be-battered state officials, we are fully prepared. <laughs> Six days of footage and transcripts obtained by the Associated Press show in excruciating detail that while federal officials anticipated the tragedy that unfolded in New Orleans and elsewhere along the Gulf Coast, they were fatally slow to realize they hadn't mustered enough resources to deal with the unprecedented disaster. More blood on your president's hands. Even Rutger Hauer in The Hitcher never had this much blood on his hands. Linked by secure video, Bush's bravado on August 29 starkly contrasts with the dire warnings his disaster chief and a cacophony of federal, state, and local officials provided during the four days before the storm. I love that word, a cacophony of uh, officials. A whole bunch of folks. A top hurricane expert voiced grave concerns about the levees and then FEMA agency chief Michael Brown. Heck of a job, Brown. He told the president and Homeland Security chief Mickey Chertoff that he feared there weren't enough disaster teams to help evacue- evacuees at the Superdome. I'm concerned about their ability to respond to a catastrophe within a catastrophe, Brown told his bosses that afternoon before Katrina made landfall. Some of the footage conflicts with the defenses that federal, state, and local officials have made and try to deflect blame and minimize the political fallout from the failed Katrina response. Homeland Security officials, for example, have said the fog of war blinded them early on to the magnitude of the disaster, but the video and transcript show federal and local officials discussed threats clearly, reviewed long-made plans, and understood that Katrina would wreak devastation of historic proportions. I'm sure it'll be in the top 10 or 15 when all is said and done. National Hurricane Center's Max Mayfield warned the day Katrina lashed the Gulf Coast. Good old Max. I don't buy the fog of war defense, Brown told the AP in an interview today. It was a fog of bureaucracy. Even old incompetent Brownie Brown, even he, is shocked by their ineptitude. Bush declared four days after the storm, I don't think anybody anticipated the breach of levees that gushed deadly waters, uh, floodwaters in New Orleans, but the transcripts and videos show there was plenty of talk about that possibility and that Bush was mighty worried, too. Another liar, liar. Your pants are on fire, Georgie. How do you like that? How, how this man cannot be impeached. It's just, uh, which I got that story by Doug Thompson yeah, about Republicans feared Democratic gains in November could increase calls to impeach Bush. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Please, please. Well, there's any semblance of a country left. And then after that, well, then we'll impeach the Beasleys. How's that? <laughs> don't tease. No, no, seriously. I mean, these people, I, they, they want us to make uh, chicken salad with chicken droppings. And, I, you know, there's that old saying, you just can't do that. I don't know how to... Where's that magic wand you've got there on that 360? you got the wand? Yeah. there. I is. guess that's the only way we're going to do it. Because every day that goes by, you can't say this, you can't play that. And uh, Josh to he's going to decide what it You know, it's, it's madness. Madness. And it's all based on cowardice and fear. Oh, 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 what are we going to do? Oh, oh. I got news for you. I'm not the one that made those mistakes. I warned them loudly and vociferously against those mistakes. And they still, like I said, nobody listens to old Neil. What? I know nothing about this business. So, you know, yesterday, that 30th anniversary, I guess it was just a dog and pony show. You know, just, oh, you know, just uh, like having a party. You know, get the balloons Mm -hmm. out and the uh, party makers make a lot of noise and get drunk. And that's it. As opposed to having, like, a, just the tiniest bit of respect. I don't want anybody kissing my ass, but just a tiny bit of uh, respect. I understand that I know where the line is, okay? But what the hell could I possibly know, you know? Mm-hmm. we're dealing with real professionals. Bill Clinton helped Dubai on Port steel. This is very depressing. It's a depressing Thursday, I'm sorry. But I've always told you, you're never going to have two, like, euphoric days in a row. Yesterday was a real upper, and today is a real downer. So maybe I shouldn't go to Woodbine. Maybe I should just jump out the window. Bill Clinton, former U.S. president, advised top officials from Dubai two weeks ago on how to address growing U.S. concerns over the acquisition of five U.S. container terminals by DP World. It came even as his wife, Senator Hillary Clinton, was leading efforts to derail the deal. You know, pushing with one hand, pulling back with the other. Kind of like Wally Hennessy at the track. Mr. Clinton, who this week called the United Arab Emirates a good ally to America, advised Dubai's leaders to propose a 45-day delay to allow for intensive investigation of the acquisition, according to his spokesman. How do you like that? Okay. However, Mrs. Clinton remains a leading voice against the deal, and this week proposed legislation to block it, arguing that the U.S. could not afford to surrender our port operations to foreign governments. Mr. Clinton's spokesman said, President Clinton is the former president of the U.S. and as such receives many calls from world leaders and leading figures every week. About two weeks ago, the Dubai leaders called him, and he suggested they submit to the full and regular scrutiny process, and they should put maximum safeguards and security into any port proposal. He added that Mr. Clinton supported his wife's position on the deal, and that ideally state-owned companies would not own U.S. port operations. So this is one of those stories, this is from the Financial Times, where the headline doesn't necessarily fit the rest of it. You know what I'm saying? he said Like I said, pushing with one hand, pulling back with the other. Mr. Clinton's contract, uh, con- excuse me, contact with Dubai on the issue underscores the relationship he's developed with the United Arab Emirates since leaving Orifice. In 2002, he was paid $300,000 to address a summit in Dubai. I'm sure that had nothing to do with his involvement. <laughs> the whole world is a bunch of horrors, folks. All you kids out there, don't forget that. I mean, the whole world is a bunch of, excuse me, horrors. Okay, careful. The backlash against Dubai's takeover. we have seen some lawmakers in Washington highlight that. You know, seriously, I'm going to just put this on the floor right now. I'm going to tell you something. Seriously. We have reached a point in this country now, in your country, a turning point at which there is no such thing as free speech. And and the the way this company is responding and reacting to it is terrifying. Not just frightening, not just a little bit uh, unnerving. It is terrifying to me. How cowardly can you become? Where do we draw the line? When's the next person going to come in? I mean, the thing from Hank about, well, we can't uh, knock the Herald, since when? Since when? They're a competitor, for crying out loud. Exactly. They hate us like poison, with or without their stupid spots. And it's just reaching the point, when are we going to have somebody come in and say, well, you can't knock uh, the president because uh, the Republicans are Mm -hmm. going to buy a bunch of spots for the elections this fall? Where do we draw the freaking line of having any kind of freedom of speech? I mean, just a semblance of it. And I remember when that whole Janet Jackson crap started, and then, I, you know, and then very rapidly that evolved into what we got now. And now we got people like supposedly liberal or progressive Jay Rockefeller from West Virginia proposing indecency regulation to be extended to satellite and cable for crying out loud. Where the hell does it end? And that's, and that's why the Democratic Party stinks to join out, because instead of being the buffer there and just standing away and holding up the hand and saying, wait a minute, hold it, you can't go any further than this, they're, like, encouraging it because they want, it, they want to be the goody. They don't want to be out-goody-two-shoes. You understand what I'm saying? I don't. I mean, nobody wants to support smut. You know, that'd be like uh, endorsing Al Goldstein in Screw Magazine. You can't do that. I'm for smut. And I'm all for smut. I'm a pervert, baby, and I'm proud of it, and so are most people that I know. I don't know almost anybody that's not a pervert. They just lie a lot. It's just a matter of degrees. That's right. We know that. everybody fact, got one, something going the on. The ones who scream the loudest about mm-hmm. everybody else being a pervert, they're the ones who are right. the biggest pervert, and we've always known that. Bill O'Reilly. And others. Always the same story. Well, this one says this, and that one says that, and therefore we can't do this. You know, make up your mind, okay? I'll tell you right now. I'm going to put the Neil Rogers challenge on the table right now. i got almost three years left on the deal. If this company... Doesn't want the Neil Rogers show on a the station. There's a very simple way to deal with it, okay, after that big 30th fake anniversary yesterday. Write a check. You know, write out a check. Not a penny more or a penny less than is due. You know, do the math. I can get out my calculator and figure out it's a lot of money. Write a check. I'll go away. You'll never hear from me again. I'll walk away. Just walk away. Exactly. But if you want me to do a show, if you want me to do the Neil Rogers show, don't every day keep coming up with some cockamamie logic about, oh, gee, well, that's over the line, and, this, and, and you know, that's baloney, okay? I've been doing this a very, very long time. And I think that the, the changing of, of the regime, as opposed to what some of you thought, including you, as opposed to being a good thing, the, it, it, again, it's learning on the job kind of a deal. Well, i got news for you. It's not like being the president. There's some things you're going to learn on the job. Nobody ever has enough training in life to be the president, but you can't learn it all. But then again, why would they ever want to listen to me? You know what I'm saying? Who would want to listen to me? I know nothing. What? All the success I've had, just like that one choice on the poll yesterday, lucky. It's just been lucky for 30 years. That's all. Not because I know anything about this business or because the show is any good or because people listen loyally and listen online all over the country and all over the world. No, it's just because of luck. I know nothing. It's a coincidence. Yeah. As opposed to little sports nerds, they're the experts on broadcasting and about the... To... I-, I got news for you. I'm not even going to say it. It's not even worth talking about. Here's the facts from yesterday. Hi, Neil. I've been listening since the uh, sweet and low days. You've entertained me, made me laugh, gotten me angry, but most importantly, helped me see and think about things and people. And so, oh, people in South Florida differently. I'll smoke a fat one and a stogie, too, to celebrate your 30 years in the business. Thanks for the memories. Uh, signed, Curious. P.S. George is great. Curious at Bay Plumbing. Thank you very much. Curious today, Here's one from Mark. Now, this is interesting because the last sentence, oh, boy. Sorry, Mark, I couldn't live up to you or what you said. He says, happy 30 I've been with you all the way from KAT. I thought you and Craig were both a flaming hoot. I guess I had a strange taste for a teenager then. He says, stuck with you through WNWS, INZ, and IOD, where they blew up the greatest effing lineup in the history of South Florida Radio. Then he says, don't ever let the bastards get you down. Best wishes, uh. Mark. Well, thanks for the best wishes, Mark, but unfortunately... Oh, this is your buddy, Mark. The chronic factor, Mark. Close personal friend. Yeah, chronic factor, Mark. Well, unfortunately, I think you put the canary on me, Mark. Because boy, you talk about getting somebody <laughs> down. I'm just, I, I'm so, I'm just so deflated and depressed. It's just there are no words to describe it, because it's a rude awakening that you know people give you the like I said the glad hand. Hey, everybody, I patch you the back, and then bing when you least expect it. You know, it reminds me of uh, what, what's his name in The Godfather Three. What's his name? Well, no, and Godfather, too, Hyman Roth. Oh. Yeah, the, yes. He was partners with Michael, you know? Mm-hmm. But the whole while he was plotting, yeah, uh, right. were, in fact, the whole while they were plotting against each other. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, that creepy guy goes in the hospital, and he's got the uh, pillow, and mm-hmm. puts the pillow over his mouth, and uh, bang, don't see him no more. He was good, that creepy-looking guy. I don't know yeah, what he the was. Hell I was. It's
3: a very, very scary man.
0: Very, A very, very scary guy. More scary than Luca Brazzi, who I thought was more amusing than scary. Who should be the Democratic Party's presidential candidate in 2008 if we live that long? 862 votes. We're going to get to 1,000 maybe, maybe by 1250 or not. Howard Dean, 177. Howard's the man, baby. Howard. It makes no difference, 165. Hillary Clinton, 155. She's doing well, and George's not too happy about it. Al Gore, 74. Barack Obama, 71. Wesley Clark, 55. Joe Biden, 45. John Edwards, 39. I don't care, 32. I don't care. I hate this poll, 32. Mark Warner, 15. And John Kerry, oh, No! That must be like a typo or something, isn't it? Must be. I mean, it looks to me on there like uh, John Kerry's in last place with a measly, at measly 14 votes.
1: This is Neil Rogers. This is 560QA. This is The Neil Rogers Show. Oi! This is your brain. <laughs> Any questions? Celebrity, justice. Dick, what happened? The group of us had hunted all day on Saturday saw Harry standing there. He was dressed in the orange. I turned and shot at Harry. He was struck in the right side of his face. And he was, I'm sure, stunned, obviously. You think? It's the first time I'd ever hunted Harry. What? There's no, uh, it's not Harry's fault. Uh, I guess not. The other hunter and I then, um, we were hunting quail and walked about 100 yards in another direction. Each of us got a bird. You guys continued to hunt? Exactly, that's what we did. Well, what was Harry doing? Uh, bleeding, obviously. What were you thinking? I have no idea. Celebrity,
5: justice. Freedom stand, freedom stand, let's bury our heads.
2: It's 11.02 at
0: 5.60 WQN boys and girls, in uh, whatever this is. We got the Marlins baseball today, the first exhibitionist game of the season. Aren't you excited about that? I sure am. I'm whipped up okay. into an ap- ap- apoplectic frenzy. 12.50 to pregame, Marlins on deck. Marlins and the Orioles at 1.05. Now, is that going to be with uh, our good buddy, Dave Van Boren? That's right. And then again, Foxy Roxy, I guess, Both right? Both your good buddies. Now, what about that TV guy, that Rich Waltz guy? Is he back this year, too? He is awful, man. He's brutal. I would imagine he's back, yeah. Oh, my God. you got to be kidding me. Rich Waltz? I think somebody ought to put a horse's head in his bed. Mad Dog after the ball game, then Panther preview at 630, and the Panthers and the Canadian at the 7 o'clock from the Macarena. Eddie K. after the game. It is at the Macarena, isn't it? It's a home game? Yes. Come on, Josh. Get with it. <laughs> what? You know, when you not were getting that. paid to show up there for a few minutes and, uh, you know, pretend you belonged there, th- that was okay. Then you had a tremendous interest. Now that you're not on the payroll over there anymore, uh, oh, I don't know, who cares about that crap? That's Stuff right. Stuff like that. That hockey? Yeah, that <laughs> hockey crap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A review of United Arab Emirates' own company's plan to take over a portion of operations of key U.S. ports never looked into whether the company had ties to al-Qaeda or other terrorists, a key Republican lawmaker told CNN yesterday. Never bothered looking into that. Representative Peter King of New York, chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee, said officials from the Homeland Security and Treasury Departments told him weeks ago that their 30-day review of the deal did not look into the question of links between DP World and Al-Qaeda. Why would anybody be bothering with minor details like that? Yeah, you're nitpicking. Huh? Nitpicker. King said the officials told him after he asked about investigations into possible terrorist ties, Congressman, you don't understand. We don't conduct a thorough investigation. We just asked the intel director if there's anything on file, and he said no. There was no real investigation conducted during the 30-day period. About 30, King, who has been a vocal critic of the deal, told CNN, I can't emphasize this enough. There was no real investigation. King's comments appear to contradict testimony by administration officials before Congress this week that a thorough review of any service and ties had occurred during the initial review of the deal. After King and other lawmakers raised concerns about the deal, the company agreed to a 45-day review by the investigation. King said the administration should use the time to investigate the firm rather than trying to convince lawmakers that the deal should be approved. When I hear the administration saying they want to educate the Congress and the American public, they should be educating themselves, King said. They should do the investigation they should have done after the 30 days. About 30, man. A wave of concern has swept Capitol Hill over the news to allow... Critics note that two of the suicide hijackers involved in the attacks of 9-11 came from the United Arab Emirates and that money for the plot was funneled through banks in Dubai, the banking hub of the Persian Gulf. We just mentioned a couple of those things. Passing. Oh, and by the way, when it came to that business of tracing where the money went after uh, 9/11, remember that? Mm-hmm. They were as uncooperative as right. anyone, just like the Saudis. want want uh, yeah, stone That's exactly it. And even if it wasn't gay. The, gay, the gay Stonewall. It was the straight Stonewall. Doug Thompson, your buddy. Of, well, we got to hurry. We only got till 12:50. Thank God. Oh, brother. Mark, mark it down on the calendar, March 2nd. This this must be the Ides of March. If well, I survive till 12:50 today. I'm just I'm just literally I think on the corner yeah it's, maybe I just didn't wipe when I shaved and I wiped the uh, shaving cream off. Oh
3: okay, when you shaved, all right.
0: Foaming at the mouth, just apoplectic. You know, it, it's almost like working in the Persian carpet factory here at QAM. Now they keep pulling the carpet out from under you over and over again. You keep, in fact, maybe it's a good thing you got me those uh, those, those right. snow cleats for my shoes. GOP. This is Doug Thompson. GOP political strategists fear a shift in congressional seats from Republican to Democratic hands in the midterm election this November could spur a renewed uh, movement to impeach President Bush. (laughs) A possibility admits political scientist George Harley, who served in the Nixon and Reagan administrations. The margin of the GOP majority in both the House and Senate protects the president right now, but a shift could build momentum to impeach. Other strategists agree. This satisfaction grows almost daily with Bush in both the moderate and conservative Republican ranks, and some might be willing to go along with Democratic calls for impeachment to protect their own seats if the GOP majority is reduced by the elections. Look, this administration has become the gang that can't shoot straight, says one unhappy strategist that I worked with during my days in Capitol Hill from 81 to 87, says Doug Thompson. The Democrats don't even have to win back control. If they make enough gains, that'll scare the Republicans enough to think more about their own political hides, arses. Don't expect any Republican to admit such thought publicly, though they're concerned not suicidal. But more and more of them grumble in the cloakroom in the back halls of Congress, saying Bush is a serious liability to the party and may need to go. He's got a going problem. He may need to go. The private talk intensified this week with published reports that Vice President Dick Cheney may retire after the midterms, allowing Bush to select a new vice president who would need to be confirmed by Congress. Inside Magazine, a publication of the Republican-leaning right-wing Washington Times quotes GOP sources as saying that Cheney is also becoming a liability because of the indictment of his chief of staff in the CIA leak scandal and the controversy surrounding the delay in reporting of the shooting of a friend and lawyer during that hunting trip. The sources reported a growing rift between the president and vice president as well as their staffs. The Inside article says they cited Mr. Cheney's failure to immediately tell the president of the accidental shooting of the vice president's hunting colleague earlier this month. That's no surprise to us. We reported the growing rift between Bush and Cheney two weeks ago. At the moment, Cheney is Bush's job security, says Harley. As bad as the Democrats loathe Bush, they can't stand the thought of a President Cheney. New polls show Bush's per while we know about the numbers. The polls clearly show Americans don't trust the president. Even worse, they don't like him, Harley says. His credibility is shot and his likability isn't far behind. Polls also show that distrust spreads to Republicans who show public support for Bush and his policies. The prospects look very grim for Republicans, said Ross Baker, a political scientist at Rutgers. Larry Sabato, political analyst at the University of Virginia, analyst, don't say analyst, says Bush's problems in the midterms parallel those that faced the Republican Party in the pivotal 72 midterm elections after Richard Nixon resigned in disgrace or the 66 midterms when widespread voter dissatisfaction with LBJ caused Democrats seats in both, seats in both the House and Senate. If the election were held next week, Democrats probably would take control of at least one House of Congress, Sabato says. Such a thought means Republicans may have to start eating their own if they want to survive, and that means even more trouble for the star Cross administration of George W. Bush. I like that. A little reason for hope there. It's a really long article by Cindy Sheehan and Sam Bostaff. It's just its too long, you know. He's a professor of economics and chairman of the Department of Economics at the University of Dallas. We all know who Cindy Sheehan is. Okay, if you don't know who Cindy Sheehan is, then uh, turn on the, start reading the funny pages. I just I don't have time for this today, I don't think. But I, I, I can stick it in my pile maybe for tomorrow if okay. I come back. What do you think? Well, we to come there. back tomorrow? Well, let's hope. <laughs> Unless I get that check, they could always FedEx it. Now, they, these people just don't know what they want. they want. They want filet mignon, and they're going to give you like a can of Alpo to try to make it with. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just amazing to me. And the very same guy who was lamenting to me in our first conversation, oh, how can they expect you to do a show and, uh, with your hands tied behind your back, and you can't even play the farts of And the same guy, he's like, uh, you know, oh, a and yeah, we probably are going over the top. But why are you going over the top? That's what I'd like to know, Joe. Why are you going so uh, above and beyond the call of duty? hysterically. Those were his own words in the email I received this morning in response to my own email. Let me, let me get it out of the thing here. Direct quote. I don't think there's any question that we've gone overboard, but it's what we've been told to do for the time being. <clears throat> overboard.
2: Man overboard!
0: Robert Shear writes, dubious Dubai deal. I think i got time for this one before the break. You think? Okay. I think you do. Robert Shear, Remember, he was too liberal for the LA That's Times. That's right. I can't now he's that. writing for the San Francisco Chronicle. And syndicated, of course. Do you buy Dubai? That's this season's big hit, a zany farce with pompous officials in the Bush administration and their hysterical courtiers in the mass media, asserting positions that are patently absurd but hilarious to watch. Audiences are eating it up. Great fun, but not for everyone. Feel the pain over at Fox Television. How do you go on stoking xenophobic hysteria against the Arabs when the golden boy in the White House has turned over management of six American ports to an emir who wants back the Taliban? Okay, so now he's a good guy, responding to Daddy Bush's charity pitch by throwing $100 million bucks to Katrina victims, and before that, another million to the Bush presidential library. But how do you sell that to a Fox television audience, brainwashed to believe that Saddam Hussein is indistinguishable from Osama bin Laden because they both speak Arabic? Oh, to be Lou Dobbs over at CN, who never liked anyone connected with the Middle East, including the president, and who now sends reporters out in the dark of night to track mysterious cargo. Some guys have all the fun, especially those traitors who don't realize there's a war on, and that it's our patriotic duty to support the president, even if he's endangering the country. (laughs) Now, maybe this poor deal isn't really that big a threat to U.S. security, but then neither was Hussein. That didn't stop Bush from ripping up Iraq and turning it into a showcase for religious fratricide, so he makes mistakes, but he's our president, and we are in a war, a war on terror. Terror, terror, terror all the time. But now we're getting mixed messages. First, the president told us that in the war on terror, you trust your own government to provide Homeland Security. You put your faith in the stern, electronic, wand-waving Americans in white shirts and TSA epaulettes who check your shoes at the airport. Those upstanding Americans who report to other upstanding Americans, such as Homeland Security Secretary Michael Chertoff and people he trusts. Now they tell us it's okay to have some Arab as the guy in charge of checking our shoes, excuse me, ports, Yeah, I know to be the least bit queasy about turning over our ports to guys who supported the Taliban when that bunch of religious maniacs were harboring bin Laden is, as the Bush apologists tell us, just xenophobic. Dubai was not alone. Saudi Arabia and Pakistan did the same, and now they're trusted allies. These are crazy times, and there are some unnerving oddities in Bush's foreign policy, but don't worry. As soon as Hussein is tried and hanged, democracy will flower in the Arab world, and the war on terrorism will be over. In the meantime, we have to put up with some contradictions, such as trusting Arabs to own port management companies, even as we scapegoat them everywhere else. Even if you're a teensy-winsy and a bit nervous about it, remember that the Bushies have made it clear that the management companies don't have anything to do with port security because that's safely in the hands of U.S. Customs and the U.S. Coast Guard. Oops, not according to the Coast Guard. Just like when things looked like they were quieting down, Senator Susan Collins of Maine, chairman of the Senate Homeland Security Committee, had to go and mess it up for the president by releasing details of a very embarrassing Coast Guard warning that the White House had ignored. There are many intelligence gaps concerning the potential for Dubai Ports World assets to support terrorist operations that preclude an overall threat assessment of the potential merger stated the Coast Guard document. No biggie. I get it when it comes to national security. Who are you going to trust, the president of the U.S., our commander-in-chief, or those sailor boys in the Coast Guard who are already backing off? But this is a very unpopular lame duck president, and some Republican legislators are getting nervous. For example, Collins, who broke ranks to warn, this report suggests there were significant and troubling intelligence gaps. That language is very troubling to me. Hey, no problem, reassures fellow Republican Senator John McCain of Arizona. It could be worse. The port managers could be Chinese communists. The Chinese are even less free than the people of Dubai, he insists, so we've dodged a bullet there. Some spoiled port sports might even point out that Beijing never recognized the Taliban and hardly coddles religious fanatics. But well, that would ruin this wonderful farce, and I wish it a very long run. Do you buy Dubai? Yeah, I loved every minute, says Robert Sheer. He's buying it. That's great. Isn't that cute? He's good. Too good for the L.A. Times, but uh, not too good for us. 11:13 at 560 WQN, Beach Ford has gone mad. Madness in March all this month at Beach Ford. They just missed having a record month last month, so they plan to break that record this month. Right now, extended cam Ford F-150s are as low as 249 bucks a month with just $995 down, plus fees with approved credit and 39-month lease. Madness in March at Beach Fords mean you must be mad. You've got to be nuts if you don't take advantage of rebates and discounts up to $10,000 on all new and used vehicles. Now, if you're not in the market for a new car, but you know somebody who is, be sure and send them into Beach Ford, because if they take delivery this month during March, Beach Ford will send you 200 bucks. That money comes from Beach Ford's advertising budget, so it won't affect your friend's price. Don't miss out on this once a year event. Beach Ford's Madness in March. Extended cab Ford F-150 is as low as just $249 a month. Discounts and rebates up to ten grand and 200 bucks cash just for referring a friend. So hurry in. Beach Ford is located just two miles east of the Golden Glades on 163rd Street and West Dixie Highway. I guarantee you, you will love your Beach Ford experience.
1: This is Neil Rogers. This is
5: 560 QAM. So oh,
4: Rogers God. got...
6: Oh, hi boys and girls, it's me, Mecca Mouse, from Disney's latest theme park in beautiful Damascus, Syria. It's a small mind after all that would pass up taking the kids to Disney Damascus. You know, because they blow up so fast. Come see Space Mountain Cave Hideout, Mr. Ben Laden's Wild Ride, Scud's Lightyear Space Ranger Spin, Insurgents of the Caribbean, and especially Indiana Jones and the Temple of Boom. And by the way, sure, we stoned that tramp Cinderella to death for not wearing a burka, but what the hell's the matter with you people? I don't know what you've been smoking, but ever since Scooby blew himself up, El Donald and I. I've been trying to spread the word that cartoons are about as real as Walt's last acid-induced technicolor dream, people. So, come visit us at Disney World Damascus, where Donald Duck doesn't wear pants, but our women are covered. And where Tomorrowland is set in 1352. And for all you infidels, M-I-C. See you soon. K-E-Y. Why? Because we hate you. M O U
5: S.
0: They don't be doing that U.S. stuff. They could really have been out of shape, especially on the Arab street. <laughs> 1119 at 560. W.K.M. only an hour and a half away from Marlins baseball. Oh, Ow! man. Can you smell the uh, smell of leather and jock straps and sweat and mm-hmm. all that good stuff? <laughs> what? And all the guys taking showers together in the locker room and snapping their well, ass uh, with Body the towel. wash, I'm sure. I mean, snapping their <laughs> butt with a towel. Don't want that's to right. say ass. We're up to 260 out there, by the way. Well, that's not too exciting. No, it's not. 260. We had 2,000 yesterday. We only got 260. I think that's a crap location, if you ask me. I don't know why the hell they came up with that. Most of our people are not on the way to the Marlins game. Well, they but, ought to be. What? No, they should not be. It's an <laughs> exhibition game, and there's going to be like a you know a smattering of people out there, and uh, nobody gives a crap. It's the middle, middle of the day on a Thursday, okay? Are you going to take off from work to go to a Marlins exhibition game, a preseason game? They don't even take off from work to go to like the regular season. Even like if it's a playoff battle going on, they're not going to do that. Unlike in real baseball cities like Chicago, where just routinely they take off to go to those afternoon games. Right, Josh? That's right. Right. So you're not going to be working the Marlins at all this year? I will not be, no. Wow. I'll be going to so the games. You don't, you, don't have, you don't have to hold back. You can actually tell me how boring Dave Van Boring really is. I'll have my credential. I can just go for free. You notice how he just pretended he didn't hear what I said? It's slick that way. I could get on the phone with that bank so fast, faster than Grant took Richmond, man. Now, I don't want to like put words in your mouth. I'm sure that you and guys got along really well. I don't want to, and you never know that you might want to. You don't want to burn your bridges, baby, especially the way things are going for us now. You know, they got poor Josh there between power and us, between a rock and a hard place, rock solid. They got poor little Georgie there who's in a state of delusion, who can't understand why his kishies are twisted. It can't be after eight years of working at QAM. And then, of course, me, who just yesterday went from this euphoric, oh, we all love you in 30 years. that, Chris, and now, now this. I just sent Norma Kent another email. And you know something? I think Jay, who just, I got his facts. I think you inspired me, Jay. I think, Norma, your days are numbered like in single digits. You're an idiot. That's Norma Kent, who didn't even know there was my 30th anniversary in the market yesterday, but was busy emailing me stories that I already had on our website, that kind of stuff. You're just oblivious, Norma. Oh, and, of course, Norma's probably on her way to the Marlins game today. That's right. He's not going to get no email. He's on the way to the Marlins game. Maybe I'll stop by and buy a CD. Playing junior baseball, uh, Maven, out there. I forgot about that. So it's, that'll postpone the inevitable for another day. Jay says, this is the same Jay who I'm sure uh, faxed yesterday. I hate to say this, but you brought all this possessed, unwarranted supervision upon yourself. Right. The reason I say this because you continue to employ an agent who's about as powerless as fp during a light thunderstorm. If you had a real shark on your side, management would fold like a lawn chair and you'd be happily coasting into your 31st year. I've never seen an entertainment company, let alone any company, treat their top earner like this. Coming from a huge fan, their inexhaustible vocal suppression is affecting your show significantly, which is correct, and that makes me throw up in my mouth a little bit. Kind of like Dan Rather. Just wait till there is no more Neil, Joe Bell. QM will just be another 790. Get a real agent ASIP, says Jay. I think you're right. I think, uh, you know. Pop had uh, Jenko. Look what I got. I need a wartime consigliere. And I wasn't even looking for wartime. Like I said, pay me on time and leave me alone and leave the show alone. But, no, that's not good enough. We've got to have Clarence uh, get that whip out. Oh, I'm sorry. You can't do the whipping sound.
3: Oh, well, was was, that I was Fired huh? fire it off. But
5: yeah, no, no
0: can't do that. Yeah, there's no point in trying to, to discuss the finite uh, aspects of those things because obviously we're working for people now who don't understand the difference. So that having been said, what well, what's the use? You know what I'm saying? That having been said, how, how do you make any decision? In other words, when in doubt, just don't play it, no matter what it is. So tell Boca to like, do a lot of Mary Poppins bits. Right. Yeah, that would be a good idea. A lot of Mary Poppins, a lot of like, uh, light and mm-hmm. fluffy stuff. Disney kind of stuff. No, not not too cartoonish, though, because we don't want to oh, piss off Disney. the Arab Street. We want to like, PO the Arab Street. So we got 260, you said? Yeah, yeah. so far. It's pretty weak. I'd yeah. like to see a lot more. I, mean, the, uh, I started to say right. the van is at the Circle K on Oriole Boulevard and Commercial, Western of Powerline Road. That's right on the way to uh, the stadium up there right. where the Marlins are going to be playing the Orioles today. So in mind, buying... Huh? We had two vans out at the same time yesterday, so. I understand. And yesterday was the anniversary day, and mm-hmm. yesterday was a very positive day, as opposed to it's the yin and the yang baby, as opposed to today being a very negative day, a highly negatory day. Had no response to either one of my emails from Norman. That, of course, is because she's on her way to the ball game to, you know, put on. To, maybe she's probably hiding out in the locker room there. Maybe wants to take a shower with some of the guys. I don't know. I've never. I haven't seen too many Marlins that I want to take any showers with. To be honest with you. Maybe Matt Manti, and he's long gone. Remember, I couldn't remember his name last year. See the progress I'm making? I'm making personal mm-hmm. progress. My memory is coming back. I'm as sharp as a, a matzo ball. And yet, on the other hand, boy, I, I just want to read that one sentence over and over again until the 1250, about being way over the top. See, there's, there's obviously one question. Why do we need to go way over the top? Why is it that all the other radio stations on the air in America, with or without their license, why is it that they are attempting to abide, or at least we hope they are, by the FCC guidelines, as, as mysterious and as uh, stringent as they are, and we have to go way over the top? And that's because we have to atone for the, uh, the prior sins of Pharrell and Stern and this one and that one, and et cetera, and so on. Which I have no idea what that has to do with this show. Speaking of Fox, fair and slanted Says the Ross story. Fox executive, executives funnel cash to Santorum and the GOP. Fox News host and commentator Sean Hannity may have been recently singled out, but he isn't the only News Corporation employee padding the reelection coffers of Rick Santorum, Farbistan Republican of Pennsylvania, Ross story has learned. A, sample, a simple search of Federal Elections Commission records reveals that many News Corp. employees, including Chairman and Chief Executive Officer Rupert Murdoch, have made direct personal donations to the senator's re-election campaign, as well as other mostly Republican candidates. Records indicate that in November 2005, Murdoch personally donated 2100 bucks to Santorum's campaign. This wasn't the first monetary gift Murdoch made to Santorum. The right-wing media mogul shelled out 1000 bucks to help elect a senator in 2000. Santorum isn't the only Republican candidate that Murdoch is putting his money behind. In addition to a $5,000 donation to the Republican National Committee, Murdoch has also given generously to the Longhorn Political Action Committee, which distributes funds exclusively to Republican candidates and seems to favor candidates in Texas. The old Longhorns. A review of declared donations indicates that, with few exceptions, such as Chernin's donations to Berman for Congress and the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee and Grant of Ancestry's donation to her sister's campaign for Senate, higher-ups at the so-called fair and balanced cable news outlet overwhelmingly give to the GOP. Two Fox government relations executives have also given to Santorum. Michael Regan and Paul Jackson have billed out $2,100 and 1500 to the senator's re-election campaign, respectively. Regan has also donated 1000 bucks each to the Republican National Committee and Longhorn PAC. A review of declared donations indicates that with few exceptions, Fox higher-ups overwhelmingly give Republican. What a shock. What a surprise, huh? Aren't you just blown away? Yeah, the uh, surprised. I don't want to use that kind of language. David in Miami says, I know you're not a fan of the cruise industry. However, myself and millions of others are. As many of us look at this port deal as a problem for incoming cargo, a friendly reminder should go out to the crew that the cruise ships are docked at ports that will be guarded by Dubai. I have a cruise plan in a few months, and the thought of sitting in that ship for many hours before they cast off the ropes is making me feel a little more uneasy, a little queasy about the whole trip, says David. I wish that Carnival Royal Caribbean and the other cruise line companies would make a little noise about... How about a lot of noise, David? About the port deal, since it might put a damper on their bottom line as well. Good point, huh? Mm-hmm. Who wants to sit on a bunch of cruise ships when you got all those schmata heads running around, serving them falafel balls, and a shawarma, and hummus and haggis... You want, to, you want to travel on the Royal Hummus line? Oh, no, thank you. Cut a Google baby service. Oh. Not, it doesn't sound too appetizing to me. Maybe they anyway, can hummus how's Howard team? Dean doing that poll? Howard's kicking ass, baby. I'm telling you. He's the man. Ah! That's right. He is the man. I told you that before. And I, If he'd have run the last time, he'd be the president right now. We wouldn't be a, in Iraq. I guarantee you that. that. That's for damn sure. You know what I'm saying? Ah! Okay. Who's the Democratic Party's presidential candidate to be in 2008? It's never too early to start thinking about replacing W. 963 votes. We're going to make a thousand before we get out of here. Thank, thanks God. Howard Dean, 207. Now we're talking. Makes no difference. 178. Hillary Clinton, 160. Al Gore, 83. Barack Obama. It probably makes no difference because they'll fix the vote again anyhow. That's right. To get the uh, all the voting machines. Because all They over have the days. Al Gore, 83, Barack Obama, 75, Wesley Clark, 62, he eats a hell of a deli sandwich, man. He likes that pastrami on rye. Joe Biden, 49, John Edwards, 41, I don't care, 40, I hate this poll, 35, Mark Warner of 17, uh, 17 of Virginia, and John Kerry in last place, Solamente, uh, 16. How do you like that? 16 for John Kerry.
1: Can't imagine why they lost that last election. This is Neil Rogers. <laughs> this is 560
4: am
5: Heart or a liver?
4: You no. Know. Won't take the train. You won't carpool. You see a Hummer. You start to drool. You won't walk for twenty feet. You'd rather take your SUV. You can't drive. You can't heat without crew. You're in deep. You need it for your plastics. Withdrawal symptoms make you sick. Whoa, you like to think there's lots more under the soil. Oh, yeah. That's what you think. That ain't the truth, though. Closer to the truth to say you're totally spoiled. You know, you're gonna have to face it. You're addicted to oil. Might as well face it. You're addicted to oil. Might as well face it. You're addicted to oil. Come on, Laura. Might as well face it. You're addicted to... Yeah, dance with them girls. Might as well face it. They're addicted to oil. Abu
0: Dhabi. Right. 11 32, 28 till noon at QAM. Got any more updates right now? We're not going to hear every break today like we did yesterday. On no, the we hour. are. We're getting it. Uh, oh. We're at 300 right now. So no. Oh, that's that's pathetic. We had 260 like half an hour ago. Now we've got 300 bucks. That means we sold two more uh, things. We had 260 last break, yeah. So. Two more. Two more. Two more things. A uh, CD and a T. Not a two Or more. two CDs or two T shirts. Or mix and match. Or maybe somebody just dropped off 40 bucks. 300 bucks. That's pretty weak on the heels of yesterday's euphoric two grand. I think it's a reflection of the uh, whole tone of the show. You know, he doesn't like
4: the tone of the show. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> I remember that. I
0: had forgotten. Oh yeah, that's right. That, that was that was another example of my agent's fantastic uh, perspicacity and uh, perseverance. Who still hasn't responded to either one of my emails this morning. Now that's okay, Norma. You have a good time at the ball game. Take me out to the ball game. Treat me like a real girl. You know, like that. Get out of my life, Norma, you idiot. You know, send him this check, all the big bucks. He's always uh, at the beginning of the year pushing, pushing. When's that check coming? I'm like, oh, send him a check, thousands of dollars. And uh, this is what I get in response nothing. A big nothing. I'm like Alien, man. I'm out there floating on a rubber raft all by myself. Well, George can relate to that. Right. Maybe the Dolphins will come and rescue you. That could be. Maybe Brian Cox will come back. (laughs) Study, speaking of stupidity, few Americans know the First Amendment. This is a good, this is great. This is perfect. Americans apparently know more about the Simpsons than they do about the First Amendment.
1: Naming.
0: Only one in four Americans can name more than one of the five freedoms guaranteed by the First Amendment, freedom of speech, religion, press assembly, and petition for redress of grievances. I mean, freedom of speech, you would think, would be... I mean, sure. huh Right. Of course, that's passe now, but nevertheless. But more than half can name at least two members of the cartoon family, according to a survey. <laughs> Homer, Marge, Maggie... Uh, Santa's Little Helper. Little Helper. Is the dog. Oh. Isn't that cute? hmm See, I, I I only know um, Homer and Marge, and that's it. Bart, Lisa. Bart? Bart? No. Oh, yeah, and Bart. Uh, Bart? Yeah, even Even I know that.
5: Oh, finally. <laughs> Gil's moving up to the big leagues, boy.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: And that's when the judge came at
0: me. Okay, Relax. <laughs> the study by the New McCormick Tribute Freedom Museum found that 22% of Americans could name all five. Now, that that scares me, okay? 22% of Americans could name all five Simpson family members compared with just one in a 1,000 who could name all five First Amendment freedoms. Yikes. Oh, my, oh, my God. God. That school system sure does the job. Oh, yeah. You can't complain about American education because there isn't any, okay? That's why. Not that you people are necessarily so stupid. It's just that nobody taught you nothing. Some of you. Joe Madeira, director of exhibitions at the museum, said he was surprised by the results. Part of the survey really shows that that there are misconceptions, and part of our mission is to clear up those misconceptions, said Madeira, whose museum will be dedicated to helping visitors understand the First Amendment when it opens in April. It means we have our job cut out for us. No, yeah. The survey found more people to name the three American Idol judges than identify three First Amendment rights. Like freedom of speech, religion, and the press. I mean, forget about assembly and petition for redress. I mean, those other two may be a little, a little less so well-known. But, I mean, freedom of speech, religion, and the press. More people could name the three American Idol judges. Oh, and speaking of that, I don't know if that's the show he's on. On the Wheel of Fortune a few nights ago, you'll never guess who was on, who you can't stand and who looks about 100 years old. And who's a real idiot by the way? Lorenzo Lamas. Oh, yeah, yeah. He yeah. you talk about getting hit with the ugly stick. I don't know what happened to that child, but man, he looks like he's aged seventy five years since he was wrestling with them snakes in that movie. He's obnoxious. He's objectionable. Okay. Well, I, I would go along with that now, now that he looks like that. <laughs> I mean, he might have looked good once upon a time, but that, I mean, he was... Oh, obnoxious he, no, don't tell me he might have looked good once upon a time. He well, looked real, trust right. me. I'll take give you from, that. Take it from an expert. But beyond
3: the look was an obje- obnoxious, objectionable name. And now man.
0: he's obnoxious and objectionable and old and ugly, right. so uh, forget about it. Screw you, uh, Lorenzo. Welcome to the club. There were also more likely to remember popular advertising slogans than identify First Amendment, any of the rights, like freedom of speech. See, I guess Bush is counting on that. I mean, we don't. Who who cares about losing freedom of speech when we didn't know we had in the first place? That's right. It also showed that people misidentified First Amendment rights. About one in five thought the right to own a pet was protected.
5: (laughs) No, no! I can't take it no more. No
2: more.
0: This is from the uh, Associated Press. I'm not making this up. This is a study. About one in five thought the right to own a pet was protected by the Constitution. And 38% say they believe the right against self-incrimination contained in the Fifth Amendment was a First Amendment right. The telephone survey of 1,000 morons was conducted January 20th to 22nd by the research firm Sinovate and had a margin of error of plus or minus three. Mas o menos. Trace. That call. How do you like that? that you know, one in five people thought the right to own a pet is protected by the Constitution. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And you wonder why uh, people are watching American Idol? I, I, yeah, I still do. Five, six, seven. I'm giving the numbers out. I absolutely will not take any calls, but I'll give the numbers out. Well, let me just see how, how thick my pile is, okay, before I decide that. You going
3: to measure it? Hmm? Your pile?
0: No, maybe it's not that much. No, I don't think there's all that much mowing. and i got just an hour to go. I might actually squeeze in a few calls here. Or maybe just play some music, like I said. Oh, I don't think you're going to like this. Soldiers veterans may face budget cuts in 2008. That's your oh, great president. You're not supporting the military. You're not supporting all. Oh, and you know something? Now I do have time. All right. There is a God. There is
1: a right
5: oh
0: God. That's Cindy Sheehan column, A Common Cause. Okay. The Spirit of Christ compels me to read that. But anyway, first, uh, the bad news. There's so much of it. Veterans may face budget cuts in 2008. That's not so great. At least tens of thousands of veterans with non-critical medical issues could suffer delayed or even denied care in coming years to enable President Bush to meet his promise of cutting the deficit in half if the White House is serious about its proposed budget. After an increase for next year, the Bush budget would turn current trends on their head. Even though the cost of providing medical care to veterans has been growing by leaps and bounds, White House budget documents assume a cutback in 2008 and further cuts thereafter. In fact... The proposed cuts are so draconian, it seems to some that the White House is simply making them up to make its long-term deficit figures look better. More realistic numbers, however, would raise doubts as to whether Bush can keep his promise to wrestle the deficit under control by the time he leaves Orifice. Yeah, let's screw over those veterans, man. Once you're over there like, hey, rah-rah, sis-boom-bah, we support all you guys and gals, but once you come back, screw you, you know? It's kind of like that anniversary thing with me yesterday. Oh, on Wednesday, March 1st, we love you, Neil. You're really great. And then uh, March 2nd, screw you, man. Screw you. Don't mess with all our plans. We're the Beasleys, baby. We're on a freaking stock exchange. we got a junior program director there who's a rocket scientist. Can't even get his plane ticket on the right day, but he's a genius. Can't keep his BlackBerry charged up so we can keep in touch, uh, but he's a genius. You see, instead of messing with us, they ought to be messing with a guy that, like, keeps taking off days and days at a time to go out and play a junior basketball guy, you know? But no. No, let's keep dumping on Neil and George and Josh. and that. We're like a thorn in their side, you know? Don't forget Boker. They, well, of course, Boker or chicken neck. They, mm-hmm. they love the ratings and they love the revenue, but, boy, they hate us like poison. In spite of all the protestations, and you guys are red and I'm a big Yeah, right, your mama. 20 till noon at QA. Even I... I, I got to tell you this. After to, to show you what a moron I am, even I am shocked at the tremendous fast turnaround in, in less than 24 hours from yesterday and all of that uh, excitement and euphoria and uh, crap to what uh, today bringing bringing us quickly back to reality. I mean, I think I think we're on one planet, and I think that the new management team they're on Uranus. Nice. Paul in LA says, belated happy anniversary. I didn't get a chance to fax you yesterday. I was relocated from LA to Tamarack in 2003. I've been listening on the internet and reading the fabulous bedtime stories. It's a Machiah out here. No, uh, I see. No Jamaicans or blue hairs, and the administration gets its answer every day in the editorial pages of the LA Times. That is that before or after they fired Robert Shear. Congratulations again. My wife and I, my two boys, send you a big sloppy kiss. P.S. on the fabulous match game on Game Show Network. My wife and I are wondering what Brett Summers' claim to fame is. Paul and family in L.A. Uh, she was a uh, she was number one married to Jack Klugman. That was her biggest. Then uh, they got divorced, and uh, easy to see why and why he talks like that. Mm-hmm. And number two, she was a very marginal actress, B movie actress.
3: Okay, thanks because well, I always wanted to know.
0: Well, most of the people on those uh, panel shows were never big stars, you know, like Betty White and right. um, uh, Charles Nelson Reilly. Right, that, that's right. Although he was like in Bye Bye Birdie. Gary Bye Bye Birdie. Uh, Bye Bye
4: Birdie.
0: Richard Dawson. Richard Dawson, and that's a very good example.
4: So I said.
0: Uh, all right. That's <laughs> slurring enough there. Right. right uh-huh. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no wonder uh, that Combs guy blew his brains out, Ray Combs. I liked him. He was pretty good. Yeah, he was. When he was alive. 18 till noon with lightning quick speeds, the latest features and security, Comcast high-speed internet leaves DSL in the dust. And today you can get on board for just 9.95 for two months. With an always-on connection speed of 6 megabytes, Comcast high-speed internet is up to 4 times faster than dsl 1.5, and up to 100 times faster than dial-up. Whether you're downloading music, watching streaming video, playing online games, or maybe surfing your favorite sites, Comcast Reliable Fast Connection means you'll be flying through the internet. Plus, when you sign up for Comcast high-speed internet, you get instant access to free features like the fan, video mail, Comcast Rhapsody Radio Plus, and up to 7 personal email accounts, just to name a few. Not only that, but you get McAfee security tools included so you can be assured that your internet experience is always safe and secure. So what are you waiting for? Start doing a lot more quicker than ever before. Sign up for Comcast High Speed Internet today for just nine ninety-five a month for two months. You wonder how you ever manage without it. Indeed, call three oh five Comcast. Call them today or in Broward, nine five four Comcast.
1: This is Neil Rogers. This is five sixty Q A ah. X
5: You done Trick to trick in the slideshow Slideshow gone, 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 gone Gone, gone, Janie's got a gun ah, don't. Janie's got a gun Ow. Story would have been more fun To decide Welcome.
1: You are grounded for a month.
4: has
5: been mm, You are so grounded. No cards for alarm. There's nothing to see here. All quail were unharmed. President Bush has declared war on the birds. Cheney's got a gun. Run away like all the others has got a gun. Run
1: away, run away, run away, run away.
5: Shane, got a gun. I think that would be
1: extraordinarily
5: dangerous. Shane, got a 13
0: to noon at QM. Here's some more bad news about restrictions on freedom of speech. The bombs about Clear Channel that Bubba the Love Sponge was starting to drop today have been put on hold. I've been told by my bosses to shut the F up at this point, said Bubba during his program, sounding annoyed and unleashing a tirade against Clear Channel. What stirred Bubba up is a letter Clear Channel sent to Sirius Satellite Radio threatening an injunction to keep Bubba silent. They don't want no Bubba Myces. Bubba was supposed to be free as of last night, February 20th at midnight, but that's been put on hold until the matter can be worked out. Clear Channel has threatened to file an injunction. If we make any disparaging comments, it would be a violation of an existing agreement they have, said Bubba's agent, Tom Bean. Oh, maybe I can get Tom Bean. Okay. Huh? We'll call Mr. Bean. Yeah, see if we can get a hold of Mr. Bean, because obviously Norma Kent hasn't responded to either one of my emails, and I'm just, uh, I'm just about done. Five done, like Mickey Mouse said. Bye, I'm done. Yeah. Just uh, too busy playing the junior baseball hot shot. Sniffing jockstraps. We want to make sure we have everybody's best interest at heart in relation to making sure we're not putting anyone in harm's way. We want to get clarification. We don't want to end up in a situation where we're indemnifying serious against anything, and we end up potentially on the hook. Uh, not dropping these clear channel bombs is not going to make or break my radio show. Added, Bubba, I've gone since January 9th, had some great shows. I don't need to drop clear channel bombs. I would like to, just so I can disrupt somebody's life, he says. The bombs that Bubba is promising to drop include what he says are 100% truthful statements that will ruin people's lives, including allegations of drug and prostitution use. Oh, not a clear channel. You go, Bubba. Man, I can't wait to hear those Bubba myces. Can you? Can't wait. This. Cindy Sheehan and Sam Bostaff write a common cause. I sure I have time for this. Three years ago, President Bush ordered United States military forces to invade and occupy Iraq. Since that invasion, which was unconstitutional, illegal by all international standards, and immoral by any just war theologies, the world has watched as the Bush administration has directed the killing of tens of thousands of Iraqi soldiers, civilians, and insurgents at a cost of hundreds of billions of dollars. It has watched as over 2,300 American troops have been killed to date, and almost 18,000 more wounded remain for life. It has watched the Bush administration kidnap, imprison, and torture hundreds of foreign nationals as well as American citizens without either trial or conviction. It has watched as Bush administration lackeys have transported prisoners to secret prisons and then delivered them to torturers in less developed countries. For three years, it's heard George Bush, Dick Cheney, Don Rumsfeld, and Condi Rice move from one lie to another to justify each of these actions. Just recently, Americans learned that these war criminals also have been re- uh, secretly spying domestically in clear violation of federal law. On Monday, February 6, 2006, the Attorney General of the U.S. appeared before the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee to defend the terrorist surveillance program that President Bush ordered into existence in 2001. Both in a prepared statement and his testimony before the committee, Alberto V. O. Five Gonzales defended the National Security Agency's warrantless domestic wiretapping program as lawful, reasonable, and essential. Gonzalez claimed that domestic spying is an essential tool in the overall war on terror. He gave us the legal basis for this NSA program his opinion that Article 2 of the Constitution gives the president the authority and inherent power to do anything he thinks necessary to protect Americans. He also said that many federal government lawyers agree with him on the question of presidential power, and besides, he had Congress even authorize the president to respond with military force to the 9-11 Al-Qaeda attacks with its authorization for use of military force of 9-18-2001, and he characterized this domestic spying as a military action. He denied that the president was in any way constrained by the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act that Congress passed in 1978. Attorney General Gonzalez was not testifying under our oath, and he refused to answer any specific questions about the spying program or to give any examples of instances where the program provided protection for the American people. We're all just supposed to take his word for the content and effectiveness of Bush's domestic spying program. We're all to take the word of a member of this criminal administration that what they are doing is completely legal and for our own good. In an opinion editorial in the February 13, 2006 Wall Street Journal, University of Chicago Distinguished Service Professor of Law Richard A. Epstein presented the reason why George Bush has clearly exceeded his constitutional powers in ignoring FISA. It is that nothing in Congress's authorization of the use of military force in 2001 allows President Bush to ignore the FISA that had previously passed. Congress sets policy in matters of war and peace, and the president executes it. It's just that simple. Epstein adds that only Congress can declare war, only Congress can fund war, and only Congress can make rules for the government and regulation of the land and naval forces. We would add one more important fact. Congress has not declared war. Bush declared it when he invaded Afghanistan and in Iraq in clear violation of the Constitution he swore to uphold. We'd also like to remind the Attorney General that the war on terror is a catchphrase containing an amorphous and invented opponent. Just look at the phrase, war on terror. What can be worse than terror? We must have a war against it. We're allowing our leaders to wage a war on a word, a concept, but real people are being destroyed by their expedient tail-wagging dog phrase. This is a time when people from all colors of the political spectrum must unite against this lawless administration. The recent escalation in fighting among Shiite and Sunni factions and their joint call for an end to the U.S. occupation shows clearly that the continued presence of U.S. forces in Iraq serves no interest of the American people. All Americans must demand that George Bush stop his war in Iraq and bring our troops home now. All of us must demand that he stop using the war he started to justify his continuing lawless campaign against whomever he decides to call an enemy. The discovery of this latest spying program makes it clear that he's been using his foreign wars to justify a domestic one. he's been attacking us. It is clear that the Bush administration seeks nothing less than to use the wars they started in order to destroy the rule of law in this country and replace it with the rule of an undistinguished former cheerleader. After all, in terms of being governed, there are only two alternatives. Either we are to be ruled by law or we're to be ruled by someone else. To be ruled by law means that every one of us has a solid foundation in law for planning his or her personal future and achieving personal goals. That was the original purpose of the Constitution, to give us that legal foundation. To be ruled by someone else is to be a slave. And there are people in this country who are willing to accept the role of obedient servant to a state that's out of control and dangerously corrupt. During the week of February 12th, a former employee of the Justice Department told attendees at the annual meeting of the Conservative Political Action Conference that the rule of law must be abandoned in order for George Bush to protect us from Al-Qaeda. The response was not booze and cries for shame, for shame it was a standing ovation. The booze were reserved for former Congressman Bob Barr when he responded that the first loyalty of all Americans is to our Constitution. In reporting on the CPAC goings-on, Paul Craig Roberts aptly labeled this audience response as a signal that American conservatism is transforming into brown-shirtism, we agree. Even more do we agree with one another that the ideological differences that exist between Cindy and Sam must be set aside in the interest of a united front against this obscene war. If she had to do so, Cindy would describe herself as a progressive humanist who wants the militarism of America and the world to be replaced with kinder, more gentler foreign and domestic policies. She passionately believes that the vast amounts of our tax dollars that are being dumped into the war and wasted by the War Department every year need to be returned to our communities to build a culture of plenty and peace. If he had to do so, Sam would describe himself as a political and economic libertarian who wants a government that is limited solely to the protection of our human rights. This would eliminate almost all departments and agencies of the federal, state, and local governments as they exist now. Like Cindy, he wants an end to militarism, the return of all U.S. military forces to the continental U.S., and the closure of all foreign bases. But, Cindy and Sam, are we in the struggle against a fascist warlike society that has become, especially under the Bush regime, and we want a lot of company. Whatever your political identification, please join us at Easter for a protest at Camp Casey in Crawford, Texas, from the 10th to the 16th of April. There, we will be joined by Katrina evacuees who are still unbelievably and unconscionably ensconced in the Astrodome and who will be invited to stay on our leased land next to the Secret Service checkpoint of the bush Fake Ranch on the Perry Chapel Road until their homes are rebuilt in the Gulf states and they can return. The displaced Katrina victims care nothing about partisan politics or demanded pork barrel peddling and cronyism. They just want to go home. We will be joined by, in Crawford by progressive Democrat congressional candidates from all over the country who are running for office against pro-war Democrats and Republicans. We will again be joined by old hippies, grandmas and grandpas, and young activists. And we will be joined by Iraqi war veterans as well as fresh-faced students who look like they just walked off the pages of a Gap catalog onto the Texas prairie. We, the authors of this article, have formed an unlikely friendship and partnership for peace. Our last collaborative piece, The Human Cost of War, appeared in diverse online journals from Marxist sites to libertarian ones. Those journals may be in deep philosophical opposition on other questions, but on this one there is as anti-war as we are. We, the people of America, need to reach deep inside ourselves and pull out the essential goodness that connects all of humanity together. Then we can honor our differences while uniting in opposition to the exploitation and ruination of our American way of life by the Bush crime family and its cronies. However, our biggest enemy is the citizens of this country's general complacency in the face of Bush Company's blatant and bloody affronts to humanity. We, the people of America, need to form a true coalition of peace if we're to reclaim our humanity and in inalienable birthrights, everyone is welcome. Everyone is needed. Good old Cindy Sheehan. You go, Cindy. Don't take no wooden nickels and no crap from all these naysayers. I like that, girl. Yeah, a lot. Oh, but she was shaking hands with Hiro Chavez. Yeah, we do. Quite frankly, if I had to choose between Hugo Chavez and George Bush, not a, not a tough choice. At least Hugo's got the oil. Make us a good deal, no doubt. 11.56 at 5.60 WQM. we got uh, Marlins on deck at 12.50. Less than an hour away. Oh, God, a short show today. That's bad news. Marlins on deck at 12.50. The Marlins and the Orioles from Fort Lauderdale 105, followed by the uh, Mad Dog Show. Panther preview at 6.30. Panthers and Montreal Canadiens, the Frogs, folks, at 7 o'clock, N.E.K., after the hockey game. When you're shopping for chews, choo- for make a beeline. See, I'm thinking of Hugo Chavez. Shopping for chews. Head for Brandy's in Pompano Beach because Brandy's carries a humongous selection of all the top brand names like Rockport, Florsheim, FA, uh, what is it? Echo, SAS, New Balance, Mephisto, and lots more. I got that F on my mind today. And Brandy's Professional Shoe Fitters will make sure you have a customized fit of your favorite comfort shoe every time. As for Arnie, he'll make darn sure you get the perfect fit at the right price. And if you have, like, big, wide, fat feet, no problem because Brandy's even specialize in wide widths as well. So no matter what your feet look or smell like, Brandy's is worth a trip from just about anywhere in town. For comfort, style, fit, value, and selection, always think Brandy's Shoes, and you'll find Brandy's at 1290 North Federal Highway in Pompano Beach. Brandy's is open every day of the week, Monday through Saturday till 9, every Sunday till 5. And this week is a stupendous time to buy great New Balance shoes, which I absolutely love, by the way. Those are the ones I fell down on, but they're great shoes. New Balance. Yes, that's where, it, I where to pair one. it out. Anyway, a great time to buy new balance this week at Brandy's because all great men's and women's styles are 10 to 20 bucks off. So be sure to come into the store this week or do your shoe shopping on the prestigious website, Brandy'sShoes.com.
5: This
1: is Neil Rogers. This is 560 this is and, David. and This portion of the Neil Rogers the 12 to 1 hour is brought to you by the Leaded 12. 1, 2, Slices of pizza All for me!
2: Cop, <laughs> Even though I'm as dead as dead can be I'm glad that my life made a hit movie No nomination for Best Picture's trap. I'm glad I'm in a long dirt nap Capote and Brokeback Mountain are gay. Cowboys never did that back in my day. Good night and good luck was a total bore. Munich was long, it made me snore. Reese Witherspoon played my June Carter Cash. Better than Dylan or Cheadle and Crash. Wish I had a chance with Reese in the sack Cause once you go black, you don't go back I'll be looking down from heaven that night Watching the awards on my satellites If Reese don't win, well then the heavenly choir Will help me bring a ring of fire Hello,
0: I'm Johnny Cash. Hi, Johnny. It's a twelve noon at five sixty WQM on your spinalist station for the new millennium. In fact, you know something? Remember that uh, Donna Shalit got all bent out of shape about that billboard campaign. Mm-hmm. Five sixty QM, we've got balls. Mm-hmm. I still say, and I've said this before, we gotta have a new billboard campaign. We have got no balls. you think I've upset about that? Right? Can she?
2: I'll, she can upset you.
0: about anything. She's just. She's always got her nose out of joint. Well, she's not busy uh, talking football players into, like staying in school, and playing for the Hurricanes. By the way, five sixty is the amount that we have right well, now. Wow, five sixty. QM. How do you like that? So let's wind uh, up with five hundred and sixty thousand for the campaign. That sounds good. Five sixty. That's a pretty damn weak, if you ask me. It'd be nice to get to a thousand by twelve fifty, but it's not going to happen. I doubt it. Well, why do you doubt that? Well, of course, it is a short show. Right. Give ourselves an excuse on that. Plus, it's a horrible location. I mean, I've only lived in South Florida for like thirty years now, mm-hmm. at least not recently so much. But nevertheless, I know it pretty well. I never heard of Oriole Boulevard.
3: Well, obviously, it's one of those streets that they renamed for the occasion. You know,
0: what do you mean by that? Oh, they renamed it just for today. You mean? No,
3: not just for today. But you know how it is when they you got a road near the because ballpark. Because the like they're playing an exhibition like the Panther season. Road, uh, the Panther Boulevard that they have up there Panther by Parkway. your house. Yeah, yeah right, that one. mister. See, I know my Panther. Parkway. Sorry.
0: We love the Panthers. They're really great. Huh? Yes. Anyway, the van is at the Circle K on Oriole Boulevard and Commercial just west of Powerline Road. It'll be there until 1250 until the pregame show starts, and I get the hell out of here real fast. Got an email from Norma Kent, by the way. He's busy doing this, and that's great. I'm real happy for you, Norma. Get a life. Get, uh, get a new client. Just go away. You make me want to vomit. You make me want to puke. That, that Jay that sent me that fax before. Thanks, Jay. You're right, man. I got, what, what's the guy's name, Mr. Bean? Gee, yeah, a the Rowan Atkinson guy. Put a call in to Mr. Bean. Tell him I want him to be my agent now to fight the battles against these lunatics, against these phony balonies, these paper tigers. Oh, well, maybe we're over the top, and we're really, like, uh, peeing on your parade and not letting you do anything, Neil, but that's just the way they want it right now. Uh, yeah, right now. Oh, and by the way, do you want to renew for a couple of more years? No. No, no thanks. How <laughs> okay. about a couple of more shows? I'm gonna uh, whistle a tune or something because I gotta like do something. Here. He said whistle, didn't
3: you? Got my bamboo whistle right here. Should see what I'm playing it with. Since you hear me talking at the same time,
0: put that thing away. I'm just sending this response back to my erstwhile agent, such as she is, to that lady. Okay, that takes care of that. Didn't take long, did it? I not at all. I don't. Well, I don't like to. Uh, wait a minute. What the hell just happened there? Oh, there goes. I, I don't like to have like bad spelling. When are you like a fuss budget about that when you're sending emails?
3: It depends on who I'm sending it to, but I usually spell check most of the time.
0: I, I don't mean spell check, but I just uh, you know.
3: I try not to have like idiotic stuff in there, you know, like uh, just a jumble of, uh, of letters right. sometimes when right. you type it fast.
0: Well, and of course, when you're doing it in a real big hurry, like that's I was doing, right. oh, there really shouldn't be any hurry, because for some strange reason, I wonder who's doing the log now. We've only got two breaks this hour. We sure could have three, but that's okay. That gives me more time for my uh, bedtime stories. That's and right. maybe a couple of calls, but I doubt it. Four minutes past noon at 560 WQM. What a turnaround from yesterday. Yesterday, man, like I said, was just... Oh, and the most important thing, you see... I'm getting sidetracked. and This is what really pisses me off is because I get sidetracked. Because mm-hmm. these people have no concept of the frame of mind. You really ought to be in to do a show every day from 10 to 2 or whenever you're on. It's, never, it's always been that way. Oh, I know. Yeah, they, they just don't get it. And you want to know why? Because they never did a show. So they don't realize what, what it entails. But the good news is, Eric, you continue to be the man, Eric. If I had a billion dollars extra, I'd send you five bucks. On our website today, well, where the hell did it go to? Oh, there it is. Right under the pool. Well, we got 1,082 votes, by the way. That's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Oh. 9-11 loose change and the second edition with extra footage. I want to thank profusely the guy that called in. Was it yesterday or the day before? I think it was two days ago. Maybe it was yesterday about the loose change uh, about that website. Mm-hmm. 9-11 loose change. It's right. a documentary. Now there's a second part. I saw the whole first part yesterday, and now the second part is on there, which I'll watch later on after I come back from losing my loose change. Right. Uh, and they're both parts on there. Yeah, and they're riveting. Oh, I'm serious. Now, granted, you're going to say, well, it's that Alex Jones again, that Prison Planet website, conspiratorial uh, theories. I tell you, you watch it with even a slightly open mind. It's all about 9-11. It's got uh, fantastic footage in there, and it raises a lot of incredible questions, including ones we've had before, like in that Pentagon uh, uh, video. What that was that one called? Pentagon uh, strike. Right. And, we, you know, we put these things on our website in hopes that somebody will look at them other than just opposed to, uh, you know, looking for the F word on there a couple of times or the poll or whatever. Uh, but it's really worth watching. And you'll sit there, and, of course, it's got the audio, and uh, you'll watch and listen, and your jaw will hang down to your knee, and you'll say, oh, I'm pretty P.O.'d about this. And I, I don't know how much of it I believe, but I'm sure a lot of it makes sense. And the more you watch it, the more, the more questions it raises in your mind, and especially with all the things that are going on now. And having read that PNAC, the... Projects for a New American Century haven't read their goals. They wrote long before 2001, back in the late 90s. And the fact that they wanted to go in there and invade Iraq and realign the whole Middle East and set it up uh, you know, under their thumb. And the only way they were going to be allowed to do that, though, was if we had some major catastrophe like a Pearl Harbor happen. Because otherwise the American people wouldn't sit still for it. Wasn't it convenient for the neocons and uh, their puppets Bush and Cheney? Wasn't it convenient for them that 9-11 came right. along and all those people sure. died? I just mentioned that in passing. Doug Thompson writes in the rant, uh, this is from yesterday. I never got to it because we had all those great calls and faxes coming in, and yesterday was the euphoric day. Today is a suicide-inducing day. As Joe Bell once again talks a really good game. (laughs) Hey there, old buddy. (laughs) Yeah. Soldiers in Iraq know they're fighting and dying for a lie. By Doug Thompson. Nearly three-quarters of the American troops serving in Iraq think the U.S. should withdraw from the next, uh, within the next year, and 29% feel we should get the hell out of the war immediately. A poll of military personnel serving the country reveals. Uh, we, we had a little bit of that the other day, I think yesterday, but this is Doug Thompson's take. This jives with emails I've been getting from soldiers over the past several months and confirms that those serving on the ground in the war don't share the same rosy optimism painted by the Bush people about the invasion and occupation of Iraq. Man, this gig has FUBAR written all over it. It says a Marine who served in Iraq for seven months. Morale is in the pits, and nobody in our unit thinks we should be here. The poll conducted by Zogby International offers a rare look into the mindset of fighting men and women serving in a war zone. That mindset is, to say the least, reflective of growing American unrest over war based on false information and outright lies. Among the findings by Zogby, only 23% agree with the President's position that we should stay in Iraq as long as needed. 85% of those surveyed felt they were fighting the war to retaliate for Saddam's role in the 9-11 attacks, although the 9-11 Commission found in 2004 that there was no credible evidence that Iraq had in any way cooperated with al-Qaeda in the attacks. 68% said they believed that the real reason for the war was simply to remove Saddam Hussein from power. 40% said the Iraqi insurgency is mostly homegrown with very little foreign involvement, a direct contradiction of claims by the Bushies. 55% flatly opposed using torture and other harsh interrogation methods on prisoners. Ninety-three percent said that removing weapons of mass destruction is not a reason for U.S. troops being there, said John Zogby, president of Zogby International. Instead, that initial rationale went by the wayside, and in the minds of 68 percent of the troops, the real mission became to remove Saddam Hussein. In another direct contradiction of state of White House policy, just 24 percent said that establishing a democracy that can be a model for the Arab world was the main or major reason for the war. Zogby interviewed the 944 soldiers at various locations throughout Iraq. Three-quarters of the troops had served multiple tours and had longer exposure to the conflict. 26% were on their first tour of duty, 45% on their second tour, and 29% were in Iraq for a third time or more. The Pentagon did not cooperate with Zogby in the survey and is trying to downplay the significance of the soldiers' responses, but offered conflicting answers. In one release statement, the military brass said, the troop comments were not valid because troops in a combat zone are likely to express negative views of their situation. Then, Pentagon spokesman Lieutenant Colonel Barry Venable tried a different spin. I wonder if he's kin to Floyd Venable, Jr. The polls' findings certainly aren't reflective of the attitudes we see displayed by the majority of troops who are performing in a remarkable manner in a combat situation far from home, Venable said. I asked Venable's office for any polls the military conducted on troop attitudes and morale, and they admitted they hadn't done any surveys, but added that they based their conclusions on reports from commanders in the field. Emails received almost daily from soldiers in the field confirm Zogby's findings and say Pentagon com- claims of success and high morale, as one National Guardsman said, pure, unmitigated bullshit. Their emails, and now Zogby's findings, show these men and women who put their lives on line day in and day out do so for a war they fully know was based on false pretenses and that they're fighting and dying for a cause that doesn't exist. Plain and simple, not complicated, plain and simple, like most American people who think that uh, the Constitution allows them to have a pet. <laughs> even i even an old cynic like yours truly is hard-pressed to believe that but it's right yeah. there it's in black and white and purple baby Isn't that nice sweet first amendment lets you have a pet yeah and pet it heavily yeah no you can't do that don't don't even say that oh you crazy sorry like we'll get joist. Mean, we'll get joyce and clarence let's say lightly and jode we'll get jode man seriously I, re- I read that email I got from him this morning I wanted to sit here and put my head in my hands and just cry you know have you ever reached that point where you just finally say are you kidding okay, me I surrender I give up you talking to me yes like every day yeah I, I surrender you try your best to do uh-huh. your duty and to-, to do what they're paying you for and it's like uh-huh. uh, oh gee how can you do it like that and then oh guess what well you can't even do this either anymore and, and, and we're going to have, like, some little punk who hasn't got a clue. He wouldn't know a radio from his ass. He's got to decide what you can say and what you can play on the air. Well, i got news for it. Then he, you know something? You remember at the time, way back when this whole thing with um, Janet Jackson and the, mm-hmm. and the Ruby Gates started? And we got all these additional restrictions. And so about maybe 40% of the stuff we used to play, we can't play anymore. Maybe more like, about 30, whatever man. it was, 30, 40%. And I suggested that Duff and Clarence at that time, Duff had some, uh, you know, he was the PD or whatever he was that they go through the whole computer of the DCS and mm-hmm. have to listen to every one if they're going to decide, because right. I don't want it on my ass. See, I don't, like you said before, have you seen anything in writing? Is there a corporate policy that spells out this new and improved and enlarged uh, censorship plan that we got here for Beasley Broadcasting? I haven't seen it. I got one memo that I've I, I haven't had it spe- uh, saying what? I'll fax it to you. i got some sk- uh, chicken scratches on it. A memo that said, when, when did this come this about? This was uh, way back when. I'm... I I know you got the memo at the same time because we both...
5: No, no, that's
2: old
0: news. No, this is no. see, now it's above and beyond. As that email said this morning, we're way over the top. We've gone way above and beyond. So I think we're entitled to know that as opposed to, like, you know, playing in the dark with all the lights out. Now, some people like playing around in the dark with lights out. That all depends on who you're playing with. But that's another story. So I I think it's incumbent upon them. Uh, Otherwise, we may just have to go ahead and play music until we get this all straightened out. There you go. I like that. It reminds me of Once Upon a Time in America on that opium drive. Right, and it's instrumental. So, so we'll be safe. They're not saying that That's right. There are no dirty lyrics in there. I never thought about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we can play like Pipeline by the Chantez. We can play um, Billy Vaughn's Sail Along Silver Moon. We can play that like uh, an endless loop. We can play Raunchy, and I. I Bill Justice and Raunchy. I don't know. I think the Ooh, title precludes the possibility that's of doing that. Right. Parts one or two. Even raunchy. the title
4: has to be on
6: You see that? He's playing raunchy crap on the radio. You see that, Joyce? Huh?
0: Huh? Who should... Let me say it again. Clarence, the next time you start your car, I take a deep breath. Who should the Democratic Party's presidential candidate be in 2008? 1,103 votes, man. That's pretty impressive, if you ask me. Oh, there's Bush and Chertoff, man. They're blind leading the blind. And there's a brownie brownie. This is old file footage. Howard Dean, 236. You go, Howie. There's a guy that doesn't pull any punches who tells it just like it is. He's, you know, he's not perfect. He's got his uh, foibles, you know. That's what his wife said. His Mia's wife. And she's one of them. She's one of the problems. Who wants a donkey as the first lady? It makes no difference, 213. Hillary Clinton, 176. Al Gore, 95. Barack Obama, 85. I'd say him for VP. What do you say? Okay. Howard Dean with Barack Obama. There's a ticket that would kick oh, some yeah. serious smelly ass. You know? <laughs> I mean, kick some serious smelly... That's right. Wesley Clark, 69, who eats a hell of a Reuben sandwich. Maybe you can go to lunch with Ellis Reuben after Ellis' latest uh, problem. Reuben, Reuben, I've been thinking. Your defense is really stinking. Joe Biden, 58. John Edwards, 49. I don't care, 47. I hate this poll, 38. Mark Warner, the former governor, the outgoing governor of Virginia, 21. And John Kerry, <laughs> That's bad, you know. John Kerry is bringing up the rear in last place with only 19 votes out of 1,110 votes. So that goes to show you in what low esteem he's held. I guess he's not so swift, Boat. Huh? Does not be. Only 14 months. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, I, I really feel that he uh, would like to. And of course, his wife, talk about a liability. She would, oh. whew, She uh, pr- really comported herself brilliantly during the uh, campaign as well. Always just uh, out yeah. of her mind. I, I wonder how many. Remember in the movie. Um, uh, what the hell is the movie now? I don't know. Hum a Fee Bars. No, with uh, Sigourney Weaver. Oh, uh, Imaginary Heroes. Imaginary Heroes. Remember the fact that every time they opened up the medicine chest, there was, like, all these, every kind of pill that you could imagine. (laughs) And that that certainly has got to be what um, poor uh, Carrie's wife did. Yeah,
4: I want to tell you something, honey.
0: Yeah, I I think she was doing 57 varieties, if you ask me. She was doing it the Heinz way. Well, she could afford it. 12.15 at QAM. we got Marlins baseball coming up mighty soon. Not soon enough.
1: This is Neil Rogers. Oh, my God. This is 560 QAM. Introducing the QAM Box Office, presented by Burger King. Mm-hmm.
5: This is a tasty burger.
1: Every Tuesday, the QAM Box Office will open for your chance to win tickets to upcoming South Florida events. Thank God. The QAM Box Office on Sport Radio Five Sixty. It's
2: awesome, baby. QAM.
1: Down to six point seven. Don't buy BBG. Oh my God.
5: <laughs> You depress me.
2: Absolutely.
5: say I'm right and then you always second-guess me.
4: Oh, what a letdown. You call my hand before I even get my letdown.
5: me, so why am I in love with you, oh, in a kitchen, I never thought, three-course meals, so with your vision,
0: Was on an old 45. Like 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 mm-hmm. You're welcome. Like like and it was uh, Bill Calder found that, uh, like on a garage floor or something. 45, what's that? Yeah, 45 RPM, one of them old. RPM, what's player. that? At any rate, um, and I have no idea who the group was or whoever no. that person was. But it's not I like just, Willie Nelson, but I know it's not. Oh, I didn't know Willie Nelson. None. He has, he has a different mood ring. <laughs> George judge like orders U.S. to let Cubans return. Oh, my God. Their feet were dry, baby. Were they wet or were they dry? How about their... Oh, sorry, Joyce. Sorry, Clarence. Can I just say one thing? I will say it anyway, whether I can or not. You see, it isn't the idea, because we've always had somebody listening to these screening the Book of Brian bits. But in mm-hmm. the past... It was always somebody that had at least we figured enough judgment, and then we could, we could discuss or argue back and forth and listen to it together. And, well, uh, you know, you're right, or uh, well, whoever was right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There was at least a little room for discussion. Now we have an overgrown child who's, uh, that's the part where I have the problem. Not the fact it's their license, assuming they had one, which they don't. But it's their license, so obviously they have a right to decide the content, what can be on the air, what can't, if they would just spell it out, which they won't, because they don't know. But uh, I understand that. I have no bone to pick with them on that. But the fact of the matter is, when you pick someone who is obviously way over the top and way under uh, qualified to be making those judgments, that's where I have a real serious problem, Joe. But uh, he don't care, so you know I'm screwed. And then uh, happy anniversary, but up yours, you know. Really nice. Oh, what's happening in Beverly Hills? Kenna, can you tell me, what, the, what is the a latest? A suspicious the package. Yeah, good morning, Carol. Even Pharrell uh, never saw one a, like that. But you have,
3: package only. We have the oh, yeah. Squad is on scene, Trust me. And we hope to determine in the next 15 or 20 minutes or so to verify that it is not anything to worry about. But once again, just to be cautious.
0: Just like Michael Moore said, man, keep them on edge, keep them all panicky, keep them all in a state of, uh, you know, that's the way to do it. Seems to be working very well, right? Oh, yeah. It's like, like there's a box of Kleenex or something that somebody didn't uh, toss in the uh, dumpster. Oh, there's a suspicious-looking package over here. A federal judge ruled that the U.S. government acted unreasonably when it sent home 15 Cubans. Incredible. Who thought that they had safely made it to the U.S. when their boat reached an abandoned bridge in the Florida Keys. U.S. District Judge Federico Moreno ordered federal officials this week to use their best efforts to help the immigrants return to the U.S. And, of course, when they go to Cuba and say, okay, will you 15, please raise your hand, and there will be like 45 (laughs) million hands go up. Yeah. Everybody except Elianito and his uh, daddy. What was his name? Uh, Juan Miguel. Juan Miguel. How could I forget? I'm telling you. Shame on me. Of the 15 migrants, Elizabeth Hernandez, 23, spoke with the Associated Press by telephone Tuesday evening from her family's home in Matanza, Cuba, where she was celebrating the decision. I'm so happy, she said. I always had hoped I would be able to return. Now, how are they going to prove that these are the 15? Uh, I think they got pictures, the Coast Guard documented them, I don't know. I'm making stuff. Yeah. Up. While the oh, judge sympathized them. while the judge sympathized with the difficulty the US Coast Guard faces in making split second decisions at sea, he wrote Those Cuban refugees who reached American soil in early january two thousand six were removed to Cuba illegally. But the judge made clear that his ruling was limited in scope. I sure hope they use some scope before they let him come on, you know. I don't uh, want to sound like some well, body wash. Some of that nice new Listerine, even Josh mm-hmm. uses that. That tangerine colour. Yeah, oh, the tangerine. I it got turns. a bulletin for you, and by the way, don't forget to check out loose change parts one and two on our website. Maybe even more important than that, is there's a new body wash. Zest. It's yes. spring, what is it called? Spring shower, spring something. It's green, but it's bar- not like spring it doesn't over. smell like flowers now. Not like spring uh, flowers. You won't smell like lilacs. It's a real manly smell, you know? Bar. No, I'm serious. It smells like underarms. It smells like jock straps. I'll ask Norma. <laughs> He's an old jock sniffer from way back. Sir, you know, Norma, you are as useless as breasts on, on my toe. In this holding, the court is not... Ro- oh, guess what movie was on last night, speaking of breasts? The hand that rocks the cradle. Oh, I, yeah. still, I still say that she looks just like Hillary, only you know, better looking, obviously, but then again, so is my ass. Rebecca Morning? Rebecca DeMornay. Yeah. She looks, you always argue with me about that. Well, I'm not going to today. Why? I don't know, I'm not in the mood.
2: <laughs> no, she looks like uh, Hillary's younger sister.
0: Yeah. Now, you know, she has a little bit of that hillary kind of that mannish look, that Butch look to That's her. With a sour putt. Especially in the scene where she's, like, uh, fighting up there in the attic with, mm. uh, what was his name, the uh, dark? And, and I still, you know, with all due respect, you people in Hollywood... These when are these stereotypes going to stop? The mincing, screaming, flaming queens, right? And always the retardo blacks, like right. in the uh, in the Great Santini. There was a tumor, to tumor. Remember, he used to slept with the donkey in the cart with the honey. It was tumor. And then there's this retardo black guy in the hand that rocks the cradle. You know, one sniffing the the brown
3: Julios with the thick
0: accent. Yeah, all the ugly stereotypes all the time. That's Hollywood for you. Okay, that's America. Anyway, getting back to these Cubans. In this holding, the court is not ruling on the wisdom or lack of wisdom of the wet foot, dry foot policy, Moreno wrote. Under the government's controversial policy, Cubans who reach U.S. soil are generally allowed to stay, while those stopped at sea are sent back. In this case, all sides agree the group was not stopped at sea, but the federal government said the old bridge didn't count as dry land because chunks of the bridge are missing and no longer connects to U.S. soil. Boy, you talk about nitpicking, man, and nose-picking. If I was them Cubans, man, I'd be porked. Like we're very gratified by the decision, said the um, grandstanding Kendall Coffey, an attorney for the migrants and their families. Good old Kendall Coffey. So there you go. So let's hope that we get the right 15 back. Or if not, let's hope that they're all, you know, their first child is a masculine child. They all look really good. Well, we're at seven yeah. bills right now. Well, that's not too bad. We may not get a 1,000, but we got like a chance of being on the, uh, bordering it, you know, 800, mm-hmm. 900, Right. Right. Considering it's a short show and considering the general tone of the show today, it's, not, it's just not uplifting. And plus the location. You know what they say? Location, location, location. Which kind of reminds me of
6: safety, safety, safety. Ooh. Same kind of
0: thing. Right. Same deal. So, anyway, the van is at, in case you're around away at the way to the ballgame, you might want to come up with one of those um, About 30, man. CDs or the About 30 uh, t shirt that's got the same logo on it. You can wear it, and people like Dick Cheney will shoot at you. The van is at the Circle K on Oriole Boulevard and Commercial, just west of Powerline Road, on the way to the ballpark there for the Oriole uh, Marlins exhibitionist game. And it'll be there until 1250 this afternoon. And the good news is it appears Norma isn't going to the ball game, but has got other uh, issues to deal with, maybe like clients and important stuff, but not that I care, because it has nothing to do with me, as usual. But then again, why would he want to do that? I got some good music picked out for the uh, you know, lead-up to the ball game. We haven't done this mm-hmm. in a long time. So, Boys are back in town? No, not the boys are back in town. <laughs> that's got that's got lyrics to it. Oh, that's right. You got the Funk Brothers, man. Play it safe. Yeah, instrumental only. Very nice. Okay, from Yeah, I like that. You got that's a good idea. No, raunchy by Bill Justice, but any mm. other instrumental I think will do. Good idea or not? Excellent idea. Don't forget, stick around after the ball game, or check back with us later, like Tom Velveeta would say at SUN, because Mad Dog will be on after the ball game. I don't know how many people listen to those exhibitionist games. About thirty, man. And then we got the Panthers tonight. We'll find out tonight, I think, because the Canadians are red hot too, and they're like fighting tooth and nail for that playoff spot, the last one. So we'll find out if the Panthers eight to win in Tampa was an aberration the other night, or if they're like back with a vengeance. The Panthers are back. Who knows? We'll find out. Panthers and Canadians at uh, seven night after Panther preview and 80K after the hockey game. That's our lineup, and we don't have to worry about that two to four slot today because we got a ball game. I got an idea. Let's just let's just replay Marlins games between two and four every day. Okay, and tapes uh, un- un- until games. we decide what we're going to do. You know, I, I I have a feeling. I could be wrong. I have a feeling there's something. I've always had that sense. You know. There's something yes. going on that doesn't quite meet the eye here. You know, this whole deal now with bye-bye, Greg, and hello, Joe, and uh, there's something going on under the surface of all of this. Like what? I don't know. You're, you theory? Theory? You're, you're the one who's supposed to put your nose to the grindstone. Yeah. Just like the water Nazi. Remember, she was always under instruction to go around, walk up and down a hall, and put her ear to the wall, and, and I'm not just making that up either. That's, that's the kind of environment we've been working in for eight years now. We've got our spies in the hallway. And if you say something, you know, like that incident that happened on Monday. Which, by the way, there was no response to that in my email this morning. I mentioned that, too, about that bogus phone call I got Monday afternoon. See, Clarence is going to knuckle me under, okay? He's going to knuckle the old man under. He's going to get control of me. And he's going to lecture me on how to behave and how to act to other people in life and what this word means. Well, Clarence, see you next time, okay? See you next time. You make your plane reservation a day late. Idiot. And by the way, my Blackberry is always fully charged. And like I told you before the show, you know how you do that? Very all simple. Right, you plug it in? Well, generally, when you travel, you carry your uh, cord with you anyway. So it's sure. good to have a long cord. Or, or carry that too. Mm-hmm. The wire. But before you go to bed every night, you just plug that baby in. That's all. You plug it in the charger, you turn it off, you let it sit there and charge fully, and then in the morning, it's all set to go for a couple of days at least. Is that, is that difficult? Is that rocket science? No, I got the same kind of deal going. There you go. Maybe you ought to give him some instruction. 12:32 at 560 WQAM. Beach Ford has gone nuts. It's madness in March all this month at Beach Ford. They've gone absolutely mad. They just missed having a record month last month, so they plan to break that record this month. Right now, extended cab Ford 150s are as low as 249 bucks a month. You pay only 995 bucks down, plus fees with approved credit and 39 month lease. Madness in March at Beach Ford means you must be mad if you don't take advantage of rebates and discounts up to 10 grand on all new and used vehicles. If you're not in the market for a new car, but know somebody who is, send them to Beach Ford. If they take delivery in March, Beach Ford will send you 200 bucks. That money comes from Beach Ford's advertising budget, so it won't affect your friend's price either. Whatever you do, don't miss out on this once-a-year event. Beach Ford's Madness in March. It's going on right now as I speak. Extended Camp Ford 150 is as low as 249 bucks a month. Discounts and rebates up to 10 grand and $200 for referring a friend. So hurry in. Beach Ford is located just two miles east of the Golden Glades on 163rd Street and West Dixie Highway. Be sure and tell Paul that Neil sent you by. He'll laugh his ass off. You'll love your Beach Ford experience. It's Guaranteed.
5: This
1: is Neil Rogers. This is
5: 560 QAS. Ah. It's Dave. Alright. In
2: Miami town. That's absolutely. At
5: 560 WQAS. If anybody has opinion dissenting from our way, we'll place your name into the system. Me of the state. Don't even bother to question. Just follow under face, Everybody's turning fascist. Fascist USA. In the act of patriotism, we're watching all of you. Everyone got under suspicion about what you do. This got information and all your mindless fools in Bush fatherland nation. Like That's us, USA. You gotta hate those Jews and Clinton liberalists too. Believe everything we tell you. And the same run news Blood war and poor conflict Fill up your escalade A Ruben Cheney Bush venue Fascist USA We don't mind to see our jobs go A bad economy's good We're fascinated by Jay He's no now are the way. Everybody turning you Flash Oh! 1239,
0: 21 Almost done today. Hallelujah. Can get used to this, you know. Yep. 1,164. We got like almost 1,200 votes today. Not too bad on a short show. How are we doing at the uh, van? I'm still waiting for an updated report, but we had 700. Oh, come seven, on. You know, we had 700. Come on. We have one... Oh, wait. The phone's ringing. There you go. There's your update. 700 on the last one. I bet you it's over 760 now. WJR. Waiting, waiting. Where's that? ESPN Radio. Jim Starney would know. Thanks again to the Sun Sentinel, by the way, for absolutely nothing, for just being totally ignored. Even a shot, like I said yesterday, would have been better, been an improvement. We uh, improved to a whopping 720 Oh, man, we're really kicking some ass our own out there at the, uh, wherever that is, Oriole uh, Road. 720 bucks. Yeah, tell Miguel next time to pick a, a worse location, okay? I, I can't think of one, but tell him to come up with a worse location than that. You know, uh, a road that nobody ever heard of before. But there he goes again,
5: wah, wah, you
0: know, belly aching. I thought after yesterday, I thought that it goes to show what a moron I am, yeah? Do you see what it really is all about? Let me explain it to you. Let me lay it out to you before I read yeah. those facts from Charles, who makes some good points. You see, what it is, is no matter who they named as the general manager following Greg Weed's departure, it's, it's uh, kind of a paper tiger thing. So, you know, nice guy, uh, rah-rah, sis-boom-bah, but uh, paper tiger, because they've decided that they're the experts, see? They're the ones who almost mm-hmm. lost the license, and so as a result, they're the ones uh, capable of making all these brilliant programming decisions. So they're going to, like, call all the shots, so everybody else may have a title now, but it's the Beasleys who are really running this thing into the ground. I mean, they're running it so brilliantly. Just, just keep that in mind. And, and I, I, obviously yeah. you're aware of that. They're, mm-hmm. they're calling all the shots. Here's the facts from Charles, Charles in Deerfield Beach. A few quick things. First of all, happy belated 30th. Well, thank you so much, Charles, although today is kind of a maudlin, morbid day. When you realize that we have, you know how much support we have for management now? See, before it was like uh, you really didn't know because management was like absentee most of the time, and so they'd leave us alone. Right. Now we do know the answer, and the answer is oh. zero. We have no support. we got, like, a friendly face. Hey, you guys are great. And that folk a Brad, but <laughs> like that, you know. But other than that, we got nothing. Secondly, says Charles, according to a woman named Lynn Landis, who, whose website ecotalk.org points out, Two Republican-owned companies, ES&S and everybody's friend Diebold, control the electronic counting of 80% of all the votes in America. I believe I've read stories about that, but that's fine, Charles, a good reminder. Ms. Landis did file a lawsuit way back in 2004 to put a stop to this, but oddly enough, the case is still dragging through the courts and will undoubtedly not be resolved until after the November election. So let's face it, everything that the Democrats do until somebody puts a stop to this practice will mount to nothing more than a vigorous exercise in mental master... <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say the word because that's uh, bad. Got it? Got it. Station. Which, take it from me, isn't nearly as much fun as it sounds, says Charles. And last but not least, we've all seen the sci-fi movie where a foreign country manages to replace the president of the United States with a surgically altered imposter whose sole mission is to systematically destroy America. Well, I'm starting to believe that this has actually happened, and if you think about it, it does explain an awful lot. Maybe he's one of the Stepford guys. Stepford guys? Yeah. That'd be a good movie. Yeah, right, the Stepford guys. I mean, every time he makes a speech, you see an audience filled with the Stepford wives and Stepford guys. They all have that same blank uh, look. In fact, any time you see a bunch, of, a bunch of fundamentalist Christians, they all have that same Stepford uh, look in there. You know, deep, mm-hmm. shallow, the the, uh, ho- the hollow eyes, you know, when he the eye. in the eyes. You could have stopped at fundamentalist. This is a bizarre story. I'm so glad we had time for this. And not that it's all that important, but it's just unusual. Dirty politics this ain't. Senator saves his opponent's life. Did you see this? No. no. Annapolis, Maryland. State Senator John Giannetti was waiting for his takeout order of Italian food at a Maryland restaurant on Monday when he saw a man choking. (coughs) He rushed over, performed the Heimlich Maneuver, and dislodged a chunk of seafood, saving the life of his political rival. Seafood? I wonder if it was a... (coughs) Could have been. Could have been one of them jumbo... (coughs) The choking man, Jim Rosa Pepe... I don't think His we can say that. His name is spelled R-O-S-A-P-E-P-E. Okay? His name is R o S a Rosa, P E P Peppy or Pepe? Your choice. Jim Rosa whatever is challenging GMT in the Democratic primary for the suburban Washington district. You know that I have my jacket on already. i got my blackberry in my pocket, my uh, cash. I'm all, all set to go. Good. I'll be out of here so fast at 1250 like a shot out of a cannon. It's one of those really weird cosmic things, Giannetti told the Annapolis Capital. He said, Rosa Pepe was hunched over and moving toward him in distress, so he decided to try to perform the Heimlich. Rosa Pepe thanked his opponent for saving him. Obviously, it's an incredible coincidence, and a happy coincidence, said Rosa Pepe, a member of the University of Maryland Systems Board of Regents. The race is still on. But Senate President Thomas V. Mike Miller said he hoped Monday night's incident would soften the competition between the candidates. Maybe this means we'll see a more uplifting campaign as a result, he told the Washington Post. I mean, you would think it'd be very hard-pressed to say anything bad about a man who just saved your life while you were gagging and choking on it. Isn't that good? <laughs> kind of a cute story. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. <laughs>
5: Uh-oh.
0: Uh-oh. Who's going to save my life? Christ. Bend over. No, I heard you just did that. <laughs> yes, I did. Actually, he tells you to lay on your side. Oh, really? Well, that's not so yes. fun.
3: And uh, kind of like a, a fetal, fetal position that. there. Put your knees up. When a guy tells you to lay on your
0: side and curl up in a ball, that's, I'd be real nervous. Yep. <laughs> Roward County. Now, this is a story from a uh, couple days ago, but yesterday we had that big euphoric uh, anniversary bash. And by the way, I heard it was a great show, and especially thanks to those rejoins, I heard it was fabulous. Broward County commissioners yesterday approved the creation of a cell phone lot at the Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport so drivers can away telephone calls from arriving passengers, which may not seem all that significant, but there are a lot of people who are pretty P.O.ed about getting tickets, you know. Mm-hmm. I ask you to approve this in the name of 16,542 Broward County residents who got citations last year while waiting on the access ramp to pick up their loved ones, said Commissioner Eileen Lieberman. The region's other main airports, Miami International and Palm Beach International, already offer cell phone parking lots. The cell lot of Fort Lauderdale's airport will be located beneath the existing airport entrance, ramps off perimeter road, within 100 yards of the terminal entrance, according to county documents. The lot will handle about 50 cars. About 50. The decision in Broward before the commissioners was whether to approve 283 dollars for a new cell phone lot or whether to increase the existing 15-minute grace period at the existing parking facilities. Most commissioners said 15 minutes doesn't provide enough realistic time to meet an arriving passenger, he concluded that extending the grace period will only cost more than establishing the cell phone lot. So we got our lot. We got mm-hmm. a pillar of salt, and we got a lot in Broward County because, after all, it is a Broward! evil place. And I will say this the airport last time when I came back from here was not overly. Crazy. Just, just don't go on holidays, okay? It might be in the Right. Well, it's just not the time to travel, you know? No. Like no. on New Year's Day, Christmas Day, Easter, Purim. Oh, when's Purim coming, by the way? Uh, right around the Ides, right? Josh wrote to it down. Well, flip, flip the page. Oh, we it's haven't flipped it yet. Get your home in and time. And, and whatever you do, don't eat the nice big puffy ones, the soft ones with the poppy right. seed. Right. Don't eat those hard little triangular ones. Those are, that's like an Arab plot. It's the 14th. You will plot if you eat those little uh, triangular ones. They're for Goyim. 1,175 votes. Who should be the Democratic Party presidential candidate in 2008? Howard Dean, 248. Makes no difference, 231. Hillary Clinton, 185. Al Gore, 106. Al's not doing too bad. I mean, he, you know, he's still as wooden as a totem pole, but I don't have too much of a problem with him. Barack Obama, eighty-eight. Wesley Clark, seventy. Joe Biden, uh, sixty-three. John Edwards, fifty-five. Forget about him. I don't care. Forty-nine. I hate this poll. Thirty-eight. Mark Warner, twenty-four. And poor John Kerry. It is scary, man. Last place. Solomon Pantages, only twenty. Marlins exhibitionist baseball coming up next. Don't forget Mad Dog right after the game. Wait a minute. We've got eight hundred dollars out there. All right. All right. Got almost three grand. I you can count what we got online. I bet you we got other people. excellent start. Pay back those Beasley's now, real fast. They need
1: the cash. Take that lobotomy for Joyce.
0: See, this, this doesn't go anywhere. Just uh, <laughs> well, I'm digging it. This is like a karaoke track.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right.
0: I'm singing
3: along, but with the microphone
2: off, of course. Okay. Don't want to offend him. I'm
5: dying out of here.
1: You (laughs) crazy. Unbelievable.
2: (laughs) Unbelievable.
0: It
5: won't. <laughs> Excuse me, but I do believe that's
2: some Yes, Yeah. Okay. Wait <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: Sucks, okay. Okay. you.
2: Okay. I know.
5: I eat grapes.
0: I'm a grape eater. Can't wait to hear Dave Van Roy, man. Anybody's looking for a nice siesta, now's the time. It's nap time. That's Georgie Nat Jr. to
1: you.